It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this ninth day of November 2023. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between in the Great Globe Round. And also whatever time, well... If you if you are listening live, jump right in. The early arrivers are raring to go. There's too much hutch and Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo, and all capably moderated by longtime Horn chief agronomist, chief mathematician, and Bud Trimmer pro tempora, Roger in Oregon. Hi, I'm Robin. It is Thorn in the Side Thursday. If you're listening to the podcast, if that's how you participate in the, this merry little community, uh, well, please, if you wouldn't mind, make sure you like and subscribe to the cast and, and uh, maybe leave a comment here and there uh, um, because, well, it helps the visibility of the program. And I still have, I still held out hopes that someday, you know, we will uh, have a great big rousing uh Horn community of absolute dozens, and uh, that will all engage in conversation together. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, it's Thorn in the Side Thursday. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. I, I promise it does. <laughs> but I left one of my devices in the house. Uh, stand by. Uh, Oh, Roger's gone back to being a bud trimmer emeritus. The trimming is done for the year. I'm so sick of weed right now I could scream, Roger says. I get it. I do. Uh, well, let's have a delay in the proceedings early, and, and hopefully that'll be the last one. I'll be right back. Stand by, please.
Okie doke, all better now. <laughs> like I said, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. And this program is no different. And so as a consequence, we say thank you to our uh, ninth day of the month subscribers. Uh, thank you to David in Oregon. And thank you to James. And thank you to Ralphs. Thank you so much to Mary Bell. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program and helping to keep this little independent, liberal, progressive broadcast effort on the air. Um, where the where we stand, fundraising wise, um, gosh, we uh, we we uh, actually finished fundraising for last Friday before this Friday got here, so. We're basically unfunded for this week, and so the fundraising goal stands at twelve hundred bucks. Yes, um, so uh, all help is good help because well, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't mind talking. You know, we we have the realities of working people. You know, we deal with power bills, water bills, the phone, the, the, the phones for the, you know, studio, and the Internet itself, and my ongoing, my, my ongoing odyssey of try, trying to find and then purchase uh, a new wheel for the car. Uh, found the wheel. Now it's a matter of just getting it. In fact, I left. Uh, I left the studio as soon as I got the uh, upload done. I left the studio and went out and aired up the tire, and then had an appointment this morning. And as soon as that was over, went out and aired up the tire. We went from doing it once every couple of days to once a day, and now we're doing it twice a day. So you know, it's doing. That means that means the crack in the wheel's getting worse. It is worrisome. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so, like I said, 1200 bucks, and here we are. Yeah, if you want to help out, the PayPal button is on the main page at headon.live. If you want to go through Patreon, the Patreon link is uh, under the Contribute tab. Um, help also arrives by the United States Postal Service, the address being The Horn, 1038 North Eisenhower Drive, PMB 318, Beckley, B-E-C-K-L-E-Y-W-V, 25801. And going forward, and I need to put that on the web page, uh, checks and money orders should be made payable to Robin Kincaid, R-O-B-Y-N-K-I-N-C-A-I-D, as we transition over uh, to a different uh, to a different financial institution. Ralph says, I'm offering a $25 challenge for Joe Manchin's retirement. Uh, yeah, we'll call it the Say It So Joe Challenge. Thank you, Ralph. That'll get us down to $11.50. And uh, Ralph sort of alludes to what is, and I think you all expected this to be the lead story this evening. We, there I was, you know, it's, it's just one of those days when you're sitting there pulling stories together. You got this little story, you got that little story. The comedy, the comedy stylings of the... Uh, 
uh, quintuplets of the of the second tier of the Republican race to the bottom, and it was Mary last night. I, I saw clips um, because had I watched it live, my my sobriety probably would not have survived the uh, the, the the event. If you had to drink every time that we wake Ramaswamy, Lama Ding Dong, and uh, Nimrata uh, she who chats with the Mor- Moscow's morning zoo crew from Moscow 98.9, the 98.8, the vulgar boatman, well, you would have been drunker than Adam's off ox within the first all oh, 15, 20 minutes. Took them 45, it took them almost... Uh, all the way to the end of it before they ever got around to talking about, you know, reproductive choice. Because they're really tired of talking about reproductive choice because it keeps getting their asses handed to them. And like we talked about yesterday, they're incapable of learning. They are literally, Annie Sullivan is literally standing at the pump, pumping the water. Uh, spelling out W-A-T-E-R into the palm of uh, the the great collective maggot hive hand. And they keep yelling, kumquat! I mean, it just is what it is. But, you know, so that's where I was. And, uh... Well, then the news of Joe Manchin broke. And a lot of you have made sure that I knew about it. Uh, Over on uh, that platform that used to be a little bit of fun, Uh, you know, formerly known as Twitter. Um, let's see, who, who said it? Uh... Oh, Frank. Hi, Frank. I can hardly wait for tonight's broadcast of Robin Kincaid's show. Uh, with a link to a, uh, a, a, a post by... Say it so, Joe. Let's go uh, for just just for the beginning. Uh, let's go to the horse's ass, their mouth, um, and let him tell us in his own words. I mean, the senior senator from the state of West Virginia. Uh, here we go. Try not to cry, y'all. I got into politics because of an argument I had 40 years ago with my dad. John Manchin owned a furniture store in Farmington, West Virginia, a small coal mining town of hardworking people. And one day our local state representative came in and asked dad for a favor, saying, you owe me for all the things I've done for your little town. When the man left, I turned to my dad and said, 
Now, wait a minute. Isn't helping Farmington that man's job? That moment defined the difference between self-service and public service. When I told my dad that I was going to run for office, he said, oh, Joe, politics is a bad business. I'm telling you right now, stay out of it. I didn't disagree that often with my father, but that time I did. I reminded him of the famous line from President John F. Kennedy's inaugural address. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I was 13 when I first heard. Uh, time out. Because uh, as as Nimrata Haley said to Wee Wack Ramaslamma Ding Dong last night, get John Kennedy's uh, name out of your voice. No, no, really. She said that uh, uh, Wee Wack Ramaslamma Ding Dong started uh, critiquing. Uh, Nimrata Haley, because apparently Nimrata, uh, the well, she's the Heather of all of this, uh, doesn't like uh, TikTok or something. I, it's hard to sort out. That, but uh, along the way, Weewake said, well, your daughter uses it. Maybe you ought to talk to her. Her, her daughter, of course, is a grown adult, but uh, at least I heard that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But she responded. I mean, could these people be any more off-putting? Uh, could they? Could they be any more clownish? Could they be any more flat-footed? She said to Weewake, Nimrata did. Keep my daughter's name out of your voice. And, 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 you know, maybe this is just one of my hang-ups. But, I hate it when people screw up commonly used phrases. That phrase in particular is, would, would have been, if Nimrata Haley actually had a working relationship with colloquial modern American English, keep my daughter's name out of your mouth. How do you keep someone out of your voice? Was she telling, was she telling, we wake, rama slam a ding dong? Uh, oh, well, thank you for the correction, Matt in San Francisco. It's we wake Rosanna Dana. Yes, it is. Was, was she telling we wreck, we wreck uh, Rosanna Dana to not do an impression of Nimrata Haley's daughter? Keep my daughter's name out of your voice. Well, I had that same sensation when I heard Joe Manchin talking about John Kennedy. Dear God. Uh, the difference between those two... Mm. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do to your country. That's Joe Manchin. I've got some. I've got a more nuanced take on it, but let's let's see if we can finish this clip without me, you know, going apoplectic, shall we? And if Kennedy's inaugural address, ask not what your country can do for you. 
ask what you can do for your country. I was 13 when I first heard it, and I'm still inspired today by it. My family were devoted Catholics who immigrated from Italy and Czechoslovakia. So to us, President Kennedy was held in the highest regard, and I knew President Kennedy's words would sway my dad. It took him about a minute, but my dad said that he would support me running if I made a vow to serve all the people, friend or foe, and not just myself. You know, it's a hell of a thing uh, when you when you ad- when you admit on video that you lied to your sainted daddy. Because let's remember the first rule of mansions, y'all. No mansion ever does anything that doesn't benefit someone named Mansion. No way has he ever strived to represent all West Virginians. That is the most unmitigated horseshit of all the unmitigated horseshit that has ever emerged from his pusillanimous mouth. He has actively worked against countless thousands of his constituents each and every day, going years and years and years denying the peer-reviewed published science that showed that his undying affection for the coal industry and his support for mountaintop removal coal extraction was actively poisoning and killing men, women, children, people of all ages, genders, orientations, all over southern West Virginia. There are people dead in their graves who he damn sure did not represent. President Kennedy's word. Skip a bit, brother. Nor believe that only one side could fix them. When America is at her... Oh, wait, wait. Let's pick it up a little bit earlier. And or foe, and not just myself. Liar. That promise made to my dad all those years ago has been my guiding light. I've never cared about where good ideas came from, and I never blame one side for creating a problem, nor believe that only one Liar. side could fix them. Liar. When America is at her best, we get things done by putting country before party, working across the aisle, and finding common ground. Many times, this approach has landed me in hot water. But the fight to unite has been well worth it. Today, West Virginia is attracting more investment, opportunity, and jobs than it has in decades. Here at home and across the country, we are building more roads, bridges, manufacturing plants, and energy infrastructure than almost any time in America's history. After months of deliberation and long conversation with my family, I believe in my heart of hearts that I have accomplished what I set out to do for West Virginia. For his family. Oh, dear God. Uh, it. I really should have given this more thought. I, I, while I was out airing up the tire, I should have picked up another bottle of Pepto-Bismol. Because I could do a couple of shots of Pepto right now. I have set out all that I, that I have accomplished, all that I set out to do. Oh, we need a tinny whorehouse piano tinkling in the background for this, Joe. I mean, there's that, there is that master's degree that his daughter got that she never even had to show up to class to get. 
Maine. And, and, and there's the material increase in the wealth of his coal brokerage and the cushy life that he set up for his kids and grandkids. But again, for the people breathing poison on a daily, hourly basis in southern West Virginia, he really hasn't done so much. When he was governor of West Virginia, we had to shame him into uh, providing money for a new, uh, a new school for some kids down in uh, the mountaintop removal sacrifice zone who were being poisoned by a massive coal prep plant right next door to them. You could rub the grimy, filthy, coal-based, uh, coal nasty poison off the very windowsills of the classrooms in which precious little children sat. And it was only when a foundation came in and offered up a million or so bucks. Oh, shit, I guess we're going to have I guess we're going to have to fund a new Marsh Fork Elementary School. Damn it. I know. Flavio says, Joe Manchin, can he get any more execrable? Keep listening. Yes, the answer is yes. Oh, I know. Ralph says, oh, and, and Nimrata called WeWake scum. Stay classy, Nimrata. Uh, Emilio says, uh, I'm calling bullshit on that alleged pledge on the part of Manchin's dad. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, all, it's all a fantasy, Emilio. Uh, you, you, good call. Uh, Lou and P.A., Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for Joe Manchin. Ha! You are so right. Uh, a little bit ago, uh, Kim in uh, New York. Hi, Kim. I was feeling pretty good, she says, about seeing the back of Joe Manchin, but then my sister opined, how long will it take for no labels to sweep him up to be their presidential candidate? And, as you would say, there went dinner in the Eastern Time Zone. Apparently, some people are talking about a Romney Mansion ticket. Oh, my God. Would love to hear your thoughts. And you will. We'll get to it. First, got to get through this nausea-inducing video, audio, self-congratulatory bullshit. I've made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing... Never mind what he will be doing. Let's, ta let's take that little piece right there. One of the toughest decisions of my life. Oh, please. The decision he reached was the decision he had forced upon him when he saw his poll numbers. And they aren't good. The poll numbers show that he's going to get his ass waxed by Make West Virginia Great Big Old Governor Jim Justice. In no way, shape, form, or fashion am I ever going to lose to that former friend of mine, Joe Manchin, who talked me into being a Democrat for a minute and a half 
And then I turned back around and became the Republican. I've always been. Me and Baby Dog is going to the Senate, and I'm going to let Baby Dog take a shit right there on Chuck Schumer's shoes. Bunch of communists. <sighs> now, the polling also showed that he would, that uh, Joe would beat Looney Mooney, but Looney Mooney is not going to win the Republican primary for the Senate seat. It's going to be make West Virginia great big old Governor Jim Justice. In no way, shape, form, or fashion am I going to let that carpetbagger from Maryland cross the street into West Virginia and think that he's a hillbilly like me. See? Does this sound mean-spirited? Gosh. Whatever shall we do if it is? I'm sorry. I have no respect for the man. At the very least, he did the very least. At the very most, he did the very least he needed to do. He was not a vote you could count on. And I will never forgive him for pushing millions of American children back into poverty, back into food insecurity. So much for doing the right thing for everyone. No. ...is traveling the country. And oh, oh, and here's what he's going to be doing going forward. This is what Kim was alluding to. Uh, Alan, thank you. Thank you, Christopher. Christopher jumped in on Ralph's Say It So Joe challenge uh, with the note, A Crack in the Cosmic Wheel. Yes. So we've got... Uh, uh, $15 to go on Ralph's challenge going forward. That'll get us down to 11.50 if somebody meets that. And regarding keep my daughter's name out of your voice, Brother Deacon Asa says, "Where's Will Smith when you need him?" We weck Rosanna Dana most de most definitely has a backfifen geschicht. Oh, but doesn't he? Might as well have a sign on the back of his suit jacket that says, "Give me a wedgie and a swirly." Flavio observing uh, from uh, Charlie Pierce. Joe Manchin sure knows how to time his sabotage. Charlie Pierce nailed it. Joe Manchin sure knows how to time his sabotage. He's leaving the Senate to wander the earth. <laughs> I love Charlie Pierce. To wander the earth looking for people who want a centrist like him just days after Democrats won big. So Joe Manchin's leaving the Senate so he can walk the earth and look for people hungering for a centrist who's a, who's, who is sublet by the extraction industries and big pharma and who also owns a lovely yacht on which he likely will wander the earth by water. You have to admit, the man knows how to time his sabotage. Two days after the Democrats have a big night across the country, he walks away, virtually handing the Republicans a Senate seat. More on that in a minute. The man could harsh Pollyanna's mellow. And I like the current Democratic candidate, Zachary Shrewsbury, as much as any candidate who shares his name with my old hometown. But I can't see West Virginia electing a Democrat statewide to the Senate. Neither can the national political press, which is already doom-scrolling the race. 
Manchin leaves a legacy of nuisance and nonsense unsurpassed in this era of politics. And by God, that's saying something. He is reckoned to be a centrist only to those benighted souls who believe that Dick Durbin is Trotsky. Oh, Jesus, Charlie. He is reckoned a moderate only by people with <laughs> egg salad for brains. And then, uh, Charlie concludes saying, now he will ride through America on the honorarium train looking for moderates from the middle who share his loyalty to values and to the essential goodness of the extraction industries. Well, now, grasshopper. Snatch the pebble from my hand, Giuseppe. Set out to do for West Virginia. I have made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. To the West Virginians who... This is, this is the no-labels presidential candidacy that he swore he was not going to do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just putting that out there, let's remember that No Labels is funded by a bunch of maggots. It's who they are. It's where the money comes from. And God Romney Mansion, is there a more smarmy possible ticket? Of course, yeah. can't have any. Uh, may, may, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe there aren't any <clears throat> centrist women who could run. No, court, no. You know, women. Them women's ain't got the smarts to be something like president. I mean, they can't even be trusted to manage the workings of their own bodies they need some they need some centrist and 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 and, and right wing men to tell them what to do with their uh, uteruses is yeah i know now, as Stephen new york notes uh, charlie pierce one of the few political journalists that doesn't just parrot what we say Uh, that's brilliant. A centrist only to people who think Dick Durbin is Trotsky. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I love the quote Charlie had from uh, Pulp Fiction. Flavio points out, that's what I've been sitting here contemplating. First, I'm going to deliver this case to Marcellus, and basically, I'm going to walk the earth, you know, like Kane in Kung Fu. Just walk from town to town, meet people, get in adventures. Jules Winfield, Pulp Fiction. So he's going to travel the country. That, that, that's that's what he's going to do. Travel the country. Maybe he could maybe he could hitch a ride on uh, John Boner's uh, uh, weed RV. And speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. And put 
Donald Trump back in the White House. That's the unstated part of all this. To the West Virginians who have put their trust in me and fought side by side to make our state better, it has been my honor of my life. Blow it out your gazoo. I've spent a third of my life trying to make West Virginia better. No thanks to him. The only thing he's made better in this state is the bottom line bank accounts of coal executives like him. Let's not forget that the Sago disaster happened on his watch. Let's not forget that the Upper Big Branch disaster happened on his watch. Oh no. Let's not forget. Arnold, NPA. Uh, I was going to congratulate you, and then I realized that only a Republican could win. Oil burns, baby. He's going for it. This has all the makings, Arnold says, of a crappy 80s love song. And I, I will always love you. Sorry, no singing. A half-assed version of Ross Perot. Oh, that's brutal. Why does he sound like he's reading the speech on Animal House? Did we give up when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Shut up, he's on a roll. To serve you. Thank you. Every incentive in Washington is designed to make our politics extreme. The growing divide between Democrats and Republicans is paralyzing Congress and worsening our nation's problems. The majority... I, it did just, I, I, I'm curious. I mean, uh, who, who does he think is making matters worse in Washington? Does, does he really think... That Chuck Schumer is making matters worse in Washington. Does he? In his heart of hearts, wherever it may be. Does he think that, I don't know, Sheldon Whitehouse is making matters worse in Washington? Does he think Patty Murray is? Now, I know that neither he nor Bernie Sanders would pee on the other if, they, if either one was on fire. Maybe it's Bernie. Because from where I sit, and with what I've been observing for decades, the people trying to burn down the country have been, by and large, and exclusively, oh, there's a name for them, damn it, what, Republicans. We put forward, the Democrats put forward a bill to lift children out of hunger and poverty. Joe Manchin's there to get back down there. We try to raise household incomes a little bit, and Joe's there pearl-clutching and hand-wringing about how they're going to spend all that extra money on dope. We try to make it possible for people to go to the doctor when they're sick 
And there's Joe Manchin saying, Wow, if they have health health insurance from the government, they're not going to appreciate what they have. And they'll just go to the doctor all the time. What a horror. I think I could just stop with the first syllable and be equally accurate. Ralph's nodding. Oh my, noting. Oh my God, Joe's going to go for the no labels nomination. Well, a Bishop Willard Joe to the mansion, born crossover ticket, mixed marriage. You know, Bishop Willard's a Mormon bishop, and Joe's a nice Catholic boy. And maybe, maybe they won't even be president and vice president. Maybe they'll be co-president. That, that worked out. That worked out well in ancient Rome. The East had an Augustus, and the West had an Augustus, and the East had a Caesar, and the West had a Caesar, and that went to shit in a real hurry because the Caesars suddenly found themselves wanting to be the Augustus. A, a guy named Constantine took his legions, mostly from Britain and Northern Europe, and marched on Rome to take out the other guy and uh, used a little bit of religious mumbo-jumbo to help him win, telling them that he had had a vision of a cross in the clouds and the words, in hoc signo wing case, uh, thereon inscribed, by this sign, in this sign you will conquer, and uh, kicked ass at the Milvian Bridge, and that was the beginning of the end of the Roman West. But never mind. I, I just did that because we have to have a, we have to have a moment of thinking about ancient Rome. If Americans are just plain worn out, our economy is not working for many Americans from the rising cost of food and fuel and everything in between. We have a border crisis with illegal drugs entering our country and killing Americans every day. Our national debt is out of control and Americans don't feel safe, even in their own communities. We are providing critical aid to two of our allies, fighting wars for their survival. And we must prevent being pulled into a major war ourselves. These are not Republican or Democratic challenges. These are American challenges. They affect every one of us and we need to face them together. I know our country isn't as divided as Washington wants us to believe. See, I'm so glad it's not Wednesday. Because then it would be prayer meeting, but that was yesterday. Because when he talks about, what was that? I, I, I'm sorry, we're going through this literally word by word. But what was that about eating? Plain worn out. Yeah, we are worn out. The American people are worn out. The American people are worn out on a burning planet in an economy that got trashed because a, a delusional egomaniac let a pandemic run wild in this country. Our economy is not working for many Americans from the rising cost of food and fuel. <laughs> The rising cost of food. There it was. Yeah. And Joe's answer to the rising cost of food? 
<laughs> we're not going to help you have any more money to buy that food. And Steve observes, uh, this is the typical litany of GOP talking points. Because he's a Republican. Always has been. No one named Manchin ever voted for a Democrat whose name wasn't Manchin, for sake. I mean, in 1968, it was Democrats for Arch Moore. In 1996, it was Democrats for Cecil Underwood. And, and in both cases, mansions were behind it to undermine the Democratic nominee for governor. And everything in between. We have a border crisis with illegal drugs. And I wonder if any... Now, now see, look. I'm kind of telling tales out of school here. But I've talked to a number of people in a number of different fields over the years. And almost to a person, they have all said something very similar. Joe Manchin is not the sharpest fork in the toaster. And for him to sit there and 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 parrot, that was the term that Steve used, parrot that palaver about illegal drugs entering the country at the border. Well, I mean, only if by border you mean the port of Los Angeles where it's coming over on container ships. I mean, we got, oh, another minute or so left in this horse shit. Maybe he's going to claim that Hamas is invading the United States through tunnels under the border from Tijuana to San Diego. Oh, make it stop. Entering our country and killing Americans every day. Um, the people, the people killing Americans every day, Joe to the mansion born, or in many cases, pharmaceutical executives, you know, like your daughter. Keep my daughter's name out of your voice. Our national debt is out of control. And Joe, we print our own money. We're not Greece, Okay. The United States can never go bankrupt. Americans don't feel safe, even in their own communities. We are providing critical aid to two of our allies, fighting wars for their survival. And we must prevent being pulled into a major war ourselves. Well, the way we prevent being pulled into a major war ourselves is to help Ukraine fight their own war, give them the tools necessary to fight back against Mother Moscovy. And that's how we don't get sucked in. <sighs> These are not Republican or Democratic challenges. These are American challenges. They affect every one of us, and we need to face them together. I know our country isn't as divided as Washington wants us to believe. It's pretty divided, Joe. Have you been out there lately? 
Have you seen the rabid frothing at the mouth people at Nitwit Nero's Clavern rallies? Did you happen to did you happen to pay attention back in 2017 when Nitwit Nero said that there are very fine people there were very fine people among the Nazis who marched in Charlottesville and said shouting uh, you know uh, in their matching matching duds and carrying their tiki torches uh, Jews will not replace us did, did, are, are you aware did you hear about that Joe I know I heard that too Emilio Americans don't feel safe in their own communities uh, yes um, the uh, Emilio you're right Americans there is doing a lot of heavy lifting and yes in fact that's mansion speak for white people Uh, not getting sucked into a war. Stephen New York says one word: ceasefire. Ceasefire. Yep, that would work. And Tom in Sunny San Rafael, Romney Mansion, yuck. I think you're right. I can only hope that a no labels ticket with those clowns would draw more piglican votes than Democratic ones. That's a lot to hope on, because the entire purpose of this is to unseat Joe Biden. Now the question for me it really is who gets to be president? Is it going to be Bishop Willard and his binders full of women? Or since he's out of the Senate now will it be uh, Joe because I don't know not a Mormon. Either either way, I'm going to feel like I need a shower. And yeah, I think Charlie Pierce is probably right. He he very well may have reached his... Oh my goodness gracious, my stars and garters. The Democrats are getting some momentum out of this past Tuesday. Quick! Let's put a stick in their spokes. We share common values of family, freedom, democracy, dignity, and a belief that together we can overcome any challenge. We need to take back America and not let this divisive hatred further pull us apart. We need to take back America. Ah, uh, from who? Joe? Who? who? Who do we need to take back America from? Joe? The queers? The Muslims, the black people, who do we need to take America back from, Joe? Oh, I know, the tree huggers. We need to take back America from those people who think that, that, that climate change is real and there's something wrong with burning my precious, beloved, sacred coal. Public service has and continues to drive me every day. That is the vow that I made to my father over 40 years ago, and I intend to keep that vow until my dying day. May God bless America, the great state of West Virginia, and each and every one of you. I'm going to barf.
wandering this country, Stephen New York says, with Clarence Thomas and his extremely working class, blue collar, regular person, $300,000 Winnebago. Yeah, well, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. Um, I, I hope this is not a three-hour Phil Robster. Because I'm very close to this issue. And it's entirely possible that I could be getting this wrong. And, of course, uh, the response is, Dear Virginians, dude, we're a whole separate state. There's West Virginia, there's, there's West Virginia, which is Best Virginia, and then there's Least Virginia. I'm lying. Dear Virginians, says one respondent to the, uh, to the post, I have met my quota and have made enough. It is time for me to walk away and to see those dollars grow in the private field. Just remember my famous words. If I can't explain it to my constituents, then that means it didn't benefit me. Oh, he's perilously close to understanding the first law of mansions. And then there's the, the, there's the gif of the um, inbred kid with the banjo from Deliverance, which is about Georgia, not West Virginia. Why don't you just sail around the world in your yacht and spare our states from becoming the abysmal failure in so many categories that West Virginia is? Kind of like this. And again, the banjo. And I will be voting for Zach Shrewsbury. And somebody... uh some genius suggesting that maybe uh, UMWA President Cecil Roberts could win as a Democrat. Uh, the man who almost single-handedly destroyed his own union. It's not as if you were doing anything useful or productive. Bye. Now you can buy another yacht with all your MAGA lobbyist money. So, um, Steve notes, if sanctimony would come to life, it would be Joe Manchin. And truth. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm sure there will be a lot of Democratic hand-wringing. Because in the calculus for 2024 Senate race, in which Democrats had to defend 24 seats and the maggots only had to defend 10. The numbers were not good anyway. Because they would have had to keep Joe Manchin, among other things. You know, Sherrod Brown's going to have to win in Ohio. I think that looks a little bit better than it did before Tuesday. 
John Teaster's going to have to win in Montana. Um, we're going to have to have a win in Arizona. I mean, it goes on and on. There's more. There's, there's 20 or more seats that have to be defended. But I'm going to say this, and I'll go out on a limb, I suppose. This may be, this may be in the long run, and I'm perilously close to getting Susan Sarandonish here. Remember when she said that maybe Trump will make be good for America because even the lotus blooms from the mud. No, not that, but maybe it will force the Democrats to fight harder to win seats in places that aren't West Virginia instead of forever relying on this voting populace to keep a man that most Democrats despise in office. Like I said earlier, he was almost certainly going to lose next year. Less, uh, well, let's see, 363 days from now. So bust your ass, Democrats, to flip some flippable states. He told Manu Raju of CNN, when the time is right, the time is right. And the time is right for screwing over the most progressive president we've had since FDR. But this may wind up being good for West Virginia and for the Democratic Party. Because, well... Make West Virginia great big old governor Jim Justice isn't exactly a spring chicken. But his age! Right? Let's see here. Uh, Because that, that comes into it too. I mean, we... uh, We freak out about... I mean, we don't. We know better. We have many functioning brain cells to rub together. But the multimillionaire for-profit media has made a a, a cottage industry of whining about Joe Biden's age. Well, okay, Jim Justice is, in fact, younger. Jim is is, is, uh, 72 years old, having been born in 1951. He is six feet seven inches tall, and if he weighs a pen, if he weighs an ounce under three hundred and fifty pounds, I am amazed. I am not disability shaming, and I am not mocking when I say the man can barely stand to give an address. He is. Not 
in great health? At all. And I, I don't, I, I, he certainly not, doesn't seem like he's going to be a two-term senator. I mean, after all, if he's a two-term senator, he would be, what? 84 years old! Zach Shrewsbury, on the other hand, is a young man, a veteran, something neither Jim Justice nor Joe Manchin can claim. And a really sharp guy. But with Joe Manchin's exodus, don't be at all surprised to find out that suddenly a, bu- a bunch of people are feeling, you know, senatorial. It looks like a lot of people responding to his post understand what the purpose of no labels is. And that's that's helpful. Uh, Brother Deacon Asa with a trenchant question. When will this proposed Romney Mansion ticket happen? They're both 81 by the time the 2028 election rolls around. Fat chance they can run in 24. Oh, that's the whole purpose. You know, that travel in the country business. That's code for trying to get on the ballot. And they will have lots of money for getting on the ballot. And even if they're not on the ballot in every state, I mean, I wouldn't put any money into go, to get uh, any effort into getting on the, the ballot in Alabama or Mississippi Stan. They want on the ballot in Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada. Maybe Colorado. And yes, um, uh, Joe to the mansion born is four years, make West Virginia great big old Governor Jim Justice is senior. He's in a lot better physical health, as far as I know, than Joe, than uh, Jim is. But that would mean that he would be 77 years old uh, if, if, you know, if every deity ever dreamed up decided to conspire and make him president or vice president. I, I don't know what I don't, I don't I don't know why it is that 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 somehow 77 is spry and young. But 81 is one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. So that's a 77-year-old. Let's check in with Bishop Willard. 
also 76 years old. They'll both be 81 by the 2028 election, just as Asa said. And the harm they will do. And remember, Joe Manchin, when he was still a state politician, never missed an anti-abortion bean dinner. The most, most you could get out of him was, well, it's the law of the land. That's what it is, the law of the land. But it's not like he was screaming when the maggot government of this state moved to reduce every person capable of becoming pregnant in this state to second-class citizens. He was quiet as a graven image when this maggot government moved to make marginalized adolescents barely citizens at all. He didn't say a blessed word about the bill that would have made a felon out of people like me for simply going to Wally World for a jug of milk and a loaf of bread. So, color me skeptical. I guess I just am. But, you know, I'm the dare to dream girl. And I'm daring to hope that somewhere in all of this dung heap there might yet be a diamond to be found. One can hope. And there's another. <laughs> might, might as, yeah, let's 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 go ahead and segue into this. Uh, all of a sudden now, after uh, after mentioning a couple of days ago that nobody seemed to be particularly burned up about. Um, you know, the uh, government shutdown. Remember that? Because we're going to shut down on the 18th. You know, midnight Saturday, a week from Saturday, right? Remember? And, and and we know we know what my position is on this. Sure. Um, I do, I think they want to shut down. And I think this is all just performative theater. To make it look like they're thinking kind of thinking about doing their damn jobs. These maggots. But there it is. Um, headline from Reuters. 
U.S. House Republican spending plan hits new snag as shutdown looms. David Morgan reporting for Reuters. Republicans who control the U.S. House of Representatives had to <clears throat> delay <clears throat> another fiscal 2024 government funding bill on Thursday as their slim majority struggled to overcome internal differences on spending levels and culture war policies a week ahead of a possible government shutdown. The delay on a bill to fund the White House, Treasury, and other agencies poses a headache for, oh, sure it does, new House Speaker Mullah Mike Johnson, who is expected to unveil over the next two days a stopgap spending measure aimed at keeping federal agencies open after current funding expires on November 17th. Now, with all of that language, explain this to me. It begins with, uh, the, the, the article opens with a photograph of Chip Roy of Dribbling Dick, Texas, uh, walking along through uh, the Capitol and yammering to a couple of pixel-strained wretches. And then there's another photograph of Jim Jordan, of course, jacket off, uh, yammering to some different pixel-stained wretches. And then, out of nowhere, and remember, this is a story about Republicans hitting a snag. So, picture Chip Roy, picture Jim Jordan. Photograph of Bernie Sanders. Anybody want to help me here? Lawmakers said they expect that, still no reference to Bernie Sanders. Lawmakers said they expect a Louisiana Republican to unveil a continuing resolution to avert a partial government shutdown as late as Saturday. A House vote is tentatively expected on Tuesday. President Biden said, I wish the House would just get to work. Yeah, you and us both, Joe. The idea we're playing games with a shutdown at this moment is bizarre. There's no need for any of this, Biden continued. Uh, now, uh, Chip Roy of Syphilis Springs, Texas, did say, if there's any kind of CR, there has to be spending reductions. Uh, Tom Cole, on the other hand, of Oklahoma stand, said... Uh, we don't have a lot of time to fool around with failure. You may stumble into a shutdown without meaning to do it at all. Oh, bullshit, Tom. This ain't no stumble. This is a dead sprint because the minute there's a clean CR, one of the mutineers will be out there with another one of those privileged resolutions to vacate the speaker. And so they're having hissies, the maggots are, because they want spending cuts. Uh, that's maggot code for we want to we, we want to fuck some poor people real hard. And of course, they also want to cram some. Abortion restrictions into the CR. All of which is dead on arrival in the Senate. 
if by some miracle they can keep their carcass together and get a, a, a passing vote on Tuesday on uh, the the this uh, a uh, an ideologically insane maggot uh, CR, it's DOA in the Senate. And so again, this article that's about Republican dysfunction, what do we get? Well, we got a picture of Bernie. Then we get a picture of Bob, uh, the, the indicted Bob Menendez. Eight alleged centrists objected to the proposed CR today. that uh, denied the D, uh, the District of Columbia money because there is a local law in D.C. that says an employer may not discriminate against women who seek abortion or contraception. What? That's mad. Well, yes, it is. That's who they are. There, there's your small government Republicans, y'all. Representative Steve Womack said, uh, oh, we got a handful of members that have some concerns. So they've already uh, shot through appropriate and rejected appropriations bills for agriculture, rural development, and the Food and Drug Administration. That was all in September. Mullah Mike yanked another vote on uh, a bill to fund transportation, housing, and urban development. Ah, that got yanked because of those mythical centrists saying, "Huh, wait, where, where, why is there no funding for Amtrak in this?" Because maggots hate Amtrak. Joe Biden once wrote Amtrak. So I, I hope we're not simple enough to think that they actually want to govern. Now, today, uh, when Mullah Mike did yank the funding bill, suddenly the massive cuts to the Internal Revenue Service got pulled too. The whole thing got pulled because somebody finally taught Mullah Mike, who's still wet behind the ears as far as being a congressman is concerned, uh, realized minutes before the vote that he didn't have enough Republicans to pass the damn bill, even if it was going to be full of poison and die over in the Senate. Speaking to Newsweek, political analyst Craig Agronoff said, The fact that Republicans were unable to pass their own spending bill today is indicative of the deep divisions within the party. Yeah. There's batshit crazy Republicans, and then there's batshit crazy barking mad Republicans. There's a growing rift between moderate Republicans, I'll say, 
it being as how you know they're imaginary and hardline conservatives, and this rift is making it difficult for Republicans to govern effectively. Um, you know, Mark Twain once said that if you write a sentence and say that uh, and say that something is very bad, uh, uh, no, very damned bad, you can take out the very and have a good sentence. Sometimes adverbs are just superfluous. There is a growing rift between moderate Republicans and hardline conservatives, and this rift is making it difficult for Republicans to govern effectively. Let's try it again with the blue pencil this time. There's a growing rift between moderate Republicans and hardline conservatives, and this rift is making it difficult for Republicans to govern. Again with the blue pencil. There is a growing rift between moderate Republicans and hardline conservatives, and this rift is making it difficult for Republicans. Period. Solid sentence. If, of course, we destroy the economy, that's Biden's fault. I mean, they're legislative terrorists. And the the IRS thing is still a fetish object for them. They say that if you increase funds to the IRS, the, uh, the IRS gets too powerful. And that taking the money away from the IRS would... Uh, uh, you get the idea. Be, uh, cutting, cutting the IRS budget would be more fair to taxpayers. Uh, the word we're looking for here is billionaires. Oh, we glitched. But we're back. Thanks for letting me know, Brother Deacon Asa. And thanks as well, Micah, for letting me know. So, well, I, I love this quote, too, from Craig Agronoff. Johnson is a hardline conservative. I agree with Gabby Johnson. His inability to unite the Republican caucus and pass a spending bill could damage his reputation as a speaker. Oh, you sweet summer child. So, you know, something wicked this way comes. Big, or, or as Hunter Thompson said, big darkness soon come. And I love this headline from the mackerel rapper known as the Washington Examiner. Confusion ensues among House Republicans about how to avoid shutdown. Are they are they are they really this dim, or is this just uh, willfully trying to snow the people who read the Washington Examiner as anything other than 
comedy. House Republicans started Tuesday with three ideas for a potential continuing resolution, a stopgap, yada, yada, yada. There was a two-step continuing resolution known as the uh, maggot two-step. Laddered continuing resolution. Who comes up with this? But it fell apart. And then another plan came along for a clean resolution, but it burned down, fell over, and then sank into the swamp. And uh, Representative Frank Lucas, a maggot from Oklahoma stand, said, Sometimes you can be so cute that it's counterproductive. I'll support whatever the conference comes to an agreement on as a vehicle to move forward, but if I understand correctly, uh, Dr. Harris, that would be Andy Harris of Maryland, uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Harris is kind of the brainchild of this one. He has his challenges with ag approps, don't he? The laddered CR was a fetish object for the thedum carcass, otherwise known as the mutineers. And in a way, it's just kind of silly to even talk about all of this if we take as truthful or as factual the idea that this is all just theater. designed to uh, provide cover for uh, shutting the government down. And we are uh, approaching the halfway mark in the program. Uh, hopefully somebody, somebody will kick in 15 bucks to finish off Ralph's challenge. Things are rather dire right now. With a lot of bills to pay. And things that I wasn't looking uh, looking towards spending money on, but here we are. The, uh, well, you don't see this terribly often. The Washington Post pulled an editorial cartoon. It was pulled as being potentially racist. It was a caricature of a specific individual, according to opinion editor David Shipley, namely the Hamas spokesperson. Cartoonist Michael uh, Ramirez 
drew the Hamas leader with innocent civilians tied to him with a rope complaining that Israel was attacking him. Now, one person complaining said the caricatures employ racial stereotypes that were offensive and disturbing, depicting Arabs with exaggerated features and portraying women in derogatory stereotypical roles perpetuates racism and gender bias, which is wholly unacceptable. Eh, Okay, so uh, uh, wait for this to become the outrage du jour in maggot land and for the hissies to... Uh, persist among the butt hurt. And the, uh, uh, the, the the butt hurt continues for among among maggots who can't understand why actually hurting people capable of pregnancy is not a winning issue for them. Yeah, it's just, well, Kali Maganini showed up to talk to that life support system for a haircut, I mean, you know, the Hannity job, and she definitely had a sad... Uh, after the yes vote on issue one in Ohio, she was just flummoxed. Kayli Maganini, former paid liar for Nitwit Nero, you know, white power Barbie. It was, well, I think I shed a. I think I shed a single tear. Yeah. Try, try not to get too upset. One other point I would just make, because on the issue of abortion in Ohio tonight, we continue the losing streak in the pro-life movement. Every ballot initiative has been lost post-Dobbs for the pro-life movement. As a party, Sean, we must, we must not just be a pro-baby party. That's a great thing. We must be a pro-mother party. We need a national strategy. And I talked to Mike Johnson about this. We'll air that tomorrow on Outnumbered. There's legislation we must put forward as a party to support women. And it's out there. Senator Rubio's laid it out. But we've got to get Trump behind it, the Speaker of the House behind it, and have a national strategy to help vulnerable women because the results of next year's election could be determined by that. Well, maybe the brain trust is on to something. It's curious that uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out how the pro-baby party, you notice how it's pro-baby now and not pro-life? Someone's trying to shift the narrative. Yeah, um, it's a great thing to be pro-baby. Because everybody knows them for who they are. They are fetus fetishists. After the baby's out, oh well, good luck, kid. 
pull yourself up by your own little baby bootstraps. And and what is this national strategy? It, maybe it's like Nixon's strategy to get us out of Vietnam in 1968. He said he'd only tell us what it was if we let him be president. Then it turned out he was a liar. So there's a mystery. There's 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 a mystery pro mother strategy out there to help vulnerable women. Uh, what makes me think this is still going to wind up with forced birth? Yeah, but somebody will adopt your pretty white baby. Oh, did I say white? I meant your pretty baby. And the Hannity job himself was broken-hearted, too. Poor little fella. Poor little dropout. This was from the, uh, from the, from the same conversation that included Kayli Maganini. And it, it, I don't know. It's, it's it, listening to, to, to this clip. It's uh, when I heard it earlier. It's like I don't know. It's 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 sort of like a step one of an anti-abortion, anti-woman, twelve-step program. About this, and I consider myself pro-life, but I understand that's not where the country is. Uh, I would say first trimester or Dobbs 15 weeks seems to be where the country is, Kaylee. I want to stay with you on this issue. And and these issues will be decided by the states. You asked, you talked to the Speaker of the House. I talked to the Speaker of the House. It is not going to be an issue in in the House of Representatives. This is not going to be decided any longer in Washington, D.C. The states will decide. So if states say that, okay, 15 weeks is is the legal time period where women can have an abortion, um, then the other side of the issue, there are many Democrats that want no restrictions on abortion at all whatsoever, that this should be yeah. a decision only between a woman and a doctor. I don't think that argument has been made enough by Republicans. Thoughts? No, no. The, the language in Ohio tonight, Sean, this is what happens. It is so loose, the language. The ACLU will roll in, and this is abortion until birth we're talking about. This is minors getting abortion without parental consent. We must, as a party, number one, expose the extremity of the left. Number two, pass legislation. Tomorrow, I want the House of Representatives passing uh, legislation for men to pay women child support from the moment of conception, legislation to make the child tax credit apply to the unborn, legislation to have women uh, have access to the supplemental food and nutrition program up to two years after childbirth. These are things that can be done today that will make a difference. But until we own this oh. issue as a party, we will lose again and again and again. Well, isn't she smart? No. She's an idiot. But I consider myself pro-life, but I understand that's not where the country is. Yeah, the country doesn't value life, Sean. Fucking idiot. 
but Kali's got a solution. And the ACL is going to use going to come in. We're going to have abortion up to birth. Honey, birth is birth. <sighs> They're stabbing them with scissors. They're cutting them into chutney on the way out. But you notice they're also trying to uh, try to uh, anything anything that smells like any kind of a victory. A uh, fifteen-week ban seems like uh, where the country is. No, it isn't. No, it fucking isn't. There are reasons for women to be uh, women to. There are reasons that women need abortions late in late 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 in their pregnancies, and we all know that. And they are horrible and heartbreaking. But mama's life ends if the care isn't there. Yeah, I caught that I caught that line too. Steve in New York. First, only between a woman and a doctor. Yes. Second, nobody has ever said unlimited abortions up to birth. No one has. It wasn't in row. But it is it is sometimes necessary to end a pregnancy late in it. For instance, um, there is something called uh, for for uh, twins, twins twin to twin transfer syndrome. And if a twin dies in utero, the impact on the twin that remains alive is horrible. And that can necessitate medical intervention. But the Kali Maganinis of the world don't want to have any part don't want any part of that. Because I guess those aren't real moms or something. Right. And we haven't, well, we've managed to get in uh, halfway through the program without mentioning, uh, um, Queen Sporkfoot, Queen Marge of the Sporkfoot people. And she's lecturing the rest of the Republican Party. She's mad. There are there are bigger growing problems. Marge said, Republicans are losing Republican voters because the base is fed up with weak Republicans who never do anything to actually stop the communist Democrats. Communist. Hi, comrades. 
Our voters are not inspired to vote for a party that wants to play nice and refuses to hold accountable communists. I have here in this file folder the name of... Who locked everyone down during the scamdemic. Wonder how a million dead people... Would. Yeah, I, sometimes I want there to be zombies. I do. Because I, I, I want an entire battalion of them walking zombie-like toward Marge. Yelling, mumbling, brains, brains. And then they all uh, want to stop and go, oh, never mind. Because they realize it's Marge. But no, uh, you know, a million or so ghosts, shades... Screaming at her in unison, scamdemic! You know, the people who died horizontally crucified with garden hoses down their throats. Scamdemic. Violated their free speech and censored us on social media, steals elections, weaponizes the government against us. It's political enemies and is persecuting people. Rips our border open to the entire world. And floods our country with millions of unknown people and terrorists. Yeah, at one point she said 10 billion people had crossed the uh, southern border. That's more than the population of the entire planet. Funds every foreign war but refuses to defend our own border and sexually grooms our children to the point they're cutting off their own body parts to change their gender before they're even finished growing up. Oh, God, it's nauseating. Republican voters are energized and cannot wait to vote for President Trump because he's addressing every issue I just named and they trust him to fix these insane problems we have and the American people believe is the only one who will actually do it. Every poll shows it to the dismay of Trump-hating establishment Republicans and Trump-deranged Democrats. You know, thanks, New York Times, for that bullshit poll. Thanks for empowering these idiots. Who are both united in their quest to stop Trump, but more accurately, stop the people. Just wait until the Republican Party finds out how bad turnout will be once the days of Trump rallies and Trump on the ticket are finally gone. They'll try their best to pretend to be him, but the people will not be fooled by their rhetoric no more. And bold actions will be the only campaign speeches they will turn an ear to even hear. You know, bold actions. Like storming the Capitol on January the 6th to overturn a, con a constitutionally mandated and constitutionally certified election. And she wants more gore, Sporkfoot does. Abortion is genocide. And none of their screams are heard when each of them are slaughtered in their mother's wombs. We need to be producing ads that graphically show the truth of an abortion as a baby is being ripped apart, I told you, or dies lying on a cold metal tray gasping for air after being ripped out of its mother's womb. Is the truth America needs to see versus the Democrats' never-ending ads lying to women that baby murder is their right. 
too offensive, not for America, and definitely not for Democrats. I worry about a mind that spends that much time fantasizing about baby killing that doesn't exist. But that they fantasize about ad nauseum. Those people, such people, are capable of monstrosities and atrocities. I want to go back to Tuesday morning because watching a, a Democrat in Congress deliver fire and brimstone can be powerful. And Jamal Bowman did that just that on Tuesday morning. Speaking on behalf of Rashida Tlaib, 22 Democrats went on and voted to censure her in a shameful display. But not before Jamal Bowman delivered thunder and lightning. This body needs empathy and compassion for all people, not just people that look like the majority of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle. And maybe because of your lack of diversity, you lack the cognitive and emotional ability to recognize diverse opinions when they speak truth to power. And you absolutely need to open up your mind to other people and other experiences, especially when they are Muslim and when they are women and when they are people of color. You had a member of your party call my colleague a terrorist, and you didn't censor her. But we're having this conversation now about your interpretation of words. Members are reminded to direct their comments to the chair. (laughs) Yeah. No, he wasn't interested in addressing the chair. He was he was he was interested in speaking truth to power. And good for him for doing it. Yeah, by the way, uh, this I was I was hoping, like I said, I was hoping we would be actually talking about the whole Joe Manchin thing or anything else that's on your mind. Um instead of me philrobstering. God knows there's enough. But uh, Darlene with a note. Wow, is the Hannity job and the blonde screwball actually feigning a bargain with the rest of us on abortion? They can go pound sand till they reach China. And a girl, Darlene. It's just like when the maggots in Congress get called out on trying to take away our Social Security et al. They all start screaming no and denying it, and then they immediately set to doing that very thing once they think we've turned around and aren't looking. Oh, we got eyes in the back of our heads now. Hey, the Ohio referendum resulted in better protection than Roe with the 24 weeks. Roe is coming back slowly, but with a vengeance, but there's still a shit ton more to do. Can't take our foot off the gas pedal now. 
if Dems ever manage to take the House and keep the Senate and White House, then that national protection for abortion must be comprehensive and include protections against all the bullshit regs that prevent people from easily accessing abortion care because those hurdles still exist in places like Ohio. Precisely, Darlene. And, 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 and also to the point, it's great that these states, every state so far that's had a referendum on women's reproductive care, has protected it. Kansas, Ohio, in its own way, the Commonwealth of Virginia, etc., But it has to be national because people in Mississippi stand and Alabama are Americans too. I know it's easy to hate on the southern states, but they are not monoliths. They may have broken party structures. Mississippi came close enough to scare uh, scare uh, Mississippi Governor Colonel Taint Reeves uh, into skid mark in his shorts that was hopeful and of course they only won in, in, in uh, they only won that governor's race in Mississippi by virtue of uh, some typical traditional Republican racist electoral skullduggery The Democratic Party in Alabama is broken almost beyond repair. The Democratic Party in West Virginia is a train wreck. So many Democratic parties in southern states are a hot mess. Some are returning. Georgia, look at what Andy Bashir did in Kentucky. Learning how to talk to people. That's not likely to change in a Alabama or a West Virginia anytime soon. That's going to be a generational change. But a woman who needs abortion care in Alabama or Mississippi or West Virginia deserves the protection, the equal protection of the laws as much as do people as do women in need of reproductive care in so-called Blue states. And so, Darlene, your point is well taken. It needs to be nationalized. Because otherwise, otherwise you continue with places like Texas, where Greg Asbot is putting up Fences and, st- and, and and stopping highway traffic to prevent women from going next door to New Mexico, and he's not going and, and and he's not going to stop even if a court tells him to. The same with his uh, with his uh, razor wire barrels in the Rio Grande. Uh, Steve in New York with an observation. I make no bones about my dislike of abortion. 
I also make no bones about the fact that because I will never be pregnant, I don't have any say in the matter. What the likes of Sean Hairdo and Hootenanny or whatever her name is that don't get is that these right to abortion amendments are not about abortion. These aren't people saying I want abortion legal. What voters are, are, are saying is that they don't want the state or anyone else stepping into that discussion between pregnant folks and families and doctors. Malloy used to characterize the term pro-choice as pro-privacy. I never really got that until now. Well, that's what it is. And as our pal Joy in Ann Arbor has pointed out any t- at, at, at multiple times over the years, if they can force you to ca- if they can force a woman to carry a baby to term, then they can force anybody to do just about anything medically. And if you spend any time thinking about that whatsoever, you will find yourself in a state of abject horror. Got a family member that needs a kidney? You're a match? You don't want to? A government that can force a woman to carry a baby to term can force you to donate that kidney. Bone marrow? Same, same. Skin graft? Sure, why not? And believe you me, that history and traditions of the United States legal fiction that our most puissant dread sovereign supreme catholic majesties have foisted upon the american people uh, will disappear like fog uh, like like a morning fog in august the minute that it, the minute that they need it to in order to create more compulsive conduct Worth thinking about. So, like I said, if you, if there's something you'd like to uh, talk about, uh, the stress line number is eight four four eight four three four six seven six eight four four. The horn. And on Skype, you can get right through to Robin Kincaid Horn K I N C A I D H O R O B Y N K I N C A I D H O R N. So uh, feel free. To go back to the house for a moment, because, well, this is delightful. Kevin McCarthy, Craven McCarthy, is still mad at Matt Gates. At one point in time, uh, Craven said that uh, the uh, that the Congress would be tremendously. Tremendously was his adverb. Better off if one little thing were to happen. Matt Gates, you've been mentioning a lot. How much would the Republican Party benefit if you were no longer a member of the House, in your opinion? 
Oh, tremendously. I mean, it, people have to earn the right to be here. And um, I just think from, I mean, he'll admit to you personally, is he doesn't have a conservative bent in his philosophy um, and just the nature of what he focuses on. Do you think the House GOP should consider expelling him? Look, that, that's up to the conference. But I mean, I don't believe the conference will ever heal if there's no consequences for the action. What about them surprised you, Burchett and Mace? It just didn't, it seemed out of nature, but they, they, they seem to have changed during the time. They care a lot about press, not about policy. And so they, they seem to just want the press and the personality. Do you think Mace will have a difficult time winning re-election now? Yeah, I don't, well, not because of this. I mean, if you've watched her, just her philosophy and the flip-flopping, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't believe she wins re-election. I don't think she'll probably have earned the right to get re-elected. I think that you look at the district herself, yeah. So in response, these members shooting back at the former speaker, Matt Gates, saying, quote, thoughts and prayers to the former speaker as he works through his grief. And I asked Nancy Mace about all this, too. She said that she stands by her vote. She attacked McCarthy for, quote, lying all the time to her. And also Tim Burchett, uh, who said that speaker, former Speaker McCarthy is, quote, just bitter. And he said that he, he says, quote, he'll enter into a successful job in lobbying. So you're seeing, Dana, that no love lost here with the former speaker as he is adjusting to this new role as a, as a rank-and-file member, someone who is not in the room, not dealing with a potential crisis, a government funding crisis. One, of course, that ended his speakership not too long ago when he relied on Democratic votes to advance a short-term spending bill, but making very clear that those eight Republicans are still fresh on his mind. Well, there we are again. I took two or three weeks, and, and I, I like Manu Raju's reporting. But lo and behold, there it is. Weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that the single best thing that could happen to this Congress would be to make the mutineers walk the plank. And there, it, and of course, Craven McCarthy, being Craven, doesn't have the nerve to say out loud what you know we did here. Well, that's up to the conference. Well, anybody can file the motion. Like I said, time after time after time, Craven. There's probably 211 votes sitting over there, and all you need to do is find 82 more who hate Matt Gates's guts. And I'm guessing you wouldn't need a pack of Louisiana prison bloodhounds to find them. But it is charming to be that far out ahead of the curve. Because we are. And meanwhile, Matt Gates is uh, still spiking the ball, still doing the end zone dance for what he has done to the United States, not for. And so, uh, 
this past Saturday, he was yammering away at the Florida Freedom Summit in Kissimmee. That's where Nitwit Nero had a nutter, too. Fighting Washington has won us a new conservative speaker. Fighting Washington has shown the swamp creatures that they don't win every time. Fighting Washington has restored some modicum of power back to we the people, and I'm just getting started. Take him at his word. When someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time. And the, the rumors persist that he's thinking he's gubernatorial material. Not really. And Nancy Mace, meanwhile, having been uh, mentioned as probably not getting reelected in South Carolina, Stan, wouldn't wouldn't that be delightful to see a Democrat replace her? I see. I'm still living rent free in the former speaker's head. Suffice to say, I don't really care what he has to say about me. We've all moved on, and he should too. Uh, Emilio, sometimes I get the impression you don't like Matt Gates, Robin. Do you? Oh, treasure the thought. Uh, Darlene, on the issue of liking abortion, since when, since when does anyone like abortion? That presupposes women or people who can get pregnant think it's a fun or preferable choice. It's insulting. I would say it's a relief that the option is available if needed, but it's not a first choice for any of us by any stretch unless we are denied access to birth control. Then one is forced into tough choices. Well, I will go so far as to say, Darlene, that I do like abortion. I'm unabashed about it. Uh, a long time ago, a dear friend of the program who worked in reproductive care was kind enough to school me gently and kindly about the fact that abortion is, you know, and, 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 and this, you know, this goes back all the way to you know, Bill Clinton biting his thumb and waving his thumb at us and saying, um, we need to make abortion safe and rare. And it's bullshit. Because there is still a mindset that there is something inherently wrong with abortion. There is not. I'm I'm kind of intractable on this. Having abortion be available is a net good. 
And I'm not, I'm not barking at you, Darlene, or anybody for that matter. But I wish we would change our attitude toward it. Nobody wants an appendectomy. But if you've got a ruptured appendix, appendectomies are a net good. Nobody wants a bad gallbladder, but they go bad. Thanks, intelligent designer. And a cholecystectomy is a net good. Advances in medical science are net goods. And that's just where, I mean, that's just where I am with it. Uh, Barbara writing in, anti-abortion laws. If the supremacist lawmakers want more white babies, then I'll assume they will want less black babies. What's to keep doctors with the backing of lawmakers from implementing Mississippi appendectomies, i.e. Fannie Lou Hamer? Ta-da! Or, uh, you know, forced sterilization? Uh, What did Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. famously say? Three generations of idiots is enough? Or did he use morons? So I, I, get, I get what you're saying, Barbara. Uh, we are coming up on the third hour of the program, still looking to finish off Ralph's uh, Say It's So Joe challenge. There's $15 to go on that. We're $1,200 we're $1, in the hole. Thank you to Christopher again for getting us started. It's badly needed that we close this gap. Thanks in advance to anyone who chooses so to do. So uh, we started out uh, talking about Joe Manchin and the Senate. And uh, CNN, for what it's worth, has created a list of incumbent senators who are at risk of flipping, being flipped. Number one, this was before his announcement, was Joe to the mansion born. Number two is John Teaster of Montana. Sherrod Brown in Ohio was number three. Hopefully that changes with the Ohio results of Tuesday. Bob Casey in Pennsylvania, another Democrat, is seen by CNN at least as likely to flip, be flipped. Number five, Kirsten Cinema, <clears throat> independent <clears throat> of Arizona. Uh, Jackie Rosen, a Democrat in, in, in Nevada. Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat in Wisconsin. Debbie Stabenow, who is retiring from Michigan. And numbers nine and ten. And this goes back to what I said about Joe Manchin's disappearance being a net potential net positive. 
Number nine is Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, who barely survived a challenge the last time from Beto O'Rourke. And then number ten is Rick Skeletor Scott of Florida. And it would be wonderful if we actually focused on those two. No win, no no races are automatic wins. We fight we fight for the other well the other six. We fight for the Democratic candidate, Ruben Gallego in Arizona. Fight for the presumptive nominee in Michigan. Uh, to our Wisconsin members of the Horn Family Community con- Congregation, is, is Tammy Baldwin in trouble? I found, I found that a little bit surprising to see her on the list. And Bob Casey. I mean, I know, I know, Bob Casey is a slightly less sartorially here suit Joe Manchin, but still. But picking off two senators in Texas and Florida would be, oh my goodness gracious, monumental. Thank you to Cynthia in the Bay Area. Thank you so much. Ralph's challenge has been met, and we are now down to 11.40 to go to keep this uh, this little operation running. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you. Um, let's... Uh, Somebody just came in on the uh, stress line. Let's find out who. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, welcome here, Robin. It's Theo. Hey, Theo. How are you? Great to hear from you. Oh, I'm good. I'm just between tours before we go out traveling for about four days to the coast and back. Um, I can't stay on the line long because I'm busy, but... The whole subject of abortion gets to me in very specific ways because two very dear young women friends of mine in the last few years have had pregnancies go disastrously wrong and had to undergo um, emergency terminations. And otherwise, it was a case where they would have died and there was no chance the baby would survive. Both of them have since gone on to have healthy children. Um, but I suppose the subject is really raw with me because I spent 33 years working in a medical insurance company and dealing with documents and claims, all of that, you know, down in the bowels and Kafka-esque stuff of such an institution. But I also ended up doing a lot of Incidental reading of doctor's reports and hospital reports and OBGYNs, um, you know, basically the procedure reports. 
about how pregnancies can go wrong, how badly things can go wrong when a baby, even with heroic efforts, is brought into the world, but it's medically facing huge challenges. Um, And then something like that happened actually to a co-worker of mine who was a youngish mom with three children already, a good Catholic girl. She and her husband were using all the sorts of, you know, uh, uh, contraception that were allowed. And despite all of that, she was pregnant again. And watching somebody collapse and cry at a desk in the middle of an office and just inconsolable. Um, that doesn't leave you, and it never has with me. Um, I'm also astonished at the medical illiteracy of all the people who are weighing in on this for purely political advantage. To my mind, it's a form of practicing medicine, legislatively practicing medicine without a license, or proposing that other people do so. Um, it's criminal malfeasance. And the mere fact that it's in the political realm and therefore somehow sacrosanct, sacrosanct, doesn't make any damn difference. It is still malfeasance and it is still criminal. Um, and I got to go, so I'll let other people weigh in. And well, Theo, thank you. I'm glad you did. That was, that, 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 was, that was good and valuable input. I appreciate it so much. And I, I wish you safe travels. Um, yeah, well, we're heading for the Oregon coast just in time for the rain to come in. I mean, it's, um, it's Oregon, please. So it would be, yeah, I know. And it's November. All month long, it's a drab, drizzly November in our souls out here. Although the leaves have all turned and they are absolutely glorious peach golden yellow right now outside my window. Um which livens up the landscape. It, it, it actually gives New England a run for its money. Oh, my. So, anyway, forgive me for editorializing at you. No, um, no, 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 no forgiveness, no expiation needed. Heavenly days. No, not at all. You're, and you're fine. I mean, you, you talk. You congratulations talk, you, on your new little bit. Congratulations oh, on, the, on the healthy birth of little Miss Luna. Oh, she's! I saw her via FaceTime just today, and she is an absolute doll. She had her, uh, she had her first will baby visit, and that yeah. Was, yeah. Leah and I are great aunt and great uncle to a little one named Brinley, who's just about a year and a half old now, and she is the apple of the family's eye. It's one of the most elaborately taken care of and equipped, you know one-and-a-half-year-olds I have ever, ever experienced. Um, but she's a sweetie, and she makes life brighter. Anyway, I'll let you go. Take right. care, and Take hi care, to everybody Theo. in the Hornsby boy. Hey, Later, Theo. See ya. Bye. Our pal Theo, who got right to, who got right to the point and made it oh so well. You know when he was when he was talking about 
the experience he had with women he had known. I thought about my great-grandmother, Viola. Her nickname was Loney. The only photo I have of her, she's, I think, uh, not quite 50 in this photo, and she looks 100 because she had born 13 children. 13. And when she found out, this is just family lore, when she found out she was pregnant with the 13th, and God knows how many spontaneous abortions there were along the way, pregnancies that didn't take, in the era before contraception, to be a woman and to enjoy coitus was nothing short of a curse. And when she found out she was pregnant with her 13th, she took off up the hill running, hell-bent on dying, killing herself rather than living through another pregnancy. The menfolk caught her and trapped her and dragged her back down the hill. Imagine how both desperate and strong a human being would have to be to make that decision in that, in, in, in that desperate circumstance. Which is why when I changed my name, I took her first name, borrowed it to use for myself, and one of my names is Viola. There's also a character in Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, a girl who has to live as a man until she can finally be safe enough to be herself. So I think of her often, and my father adored her. Of course, she was a pious woman, a church-going, a church-going lady. And uh, her husband, Kentucky Joe, wasn't much for church, but he knew well enough, knew to leave well enough alone, and he he slept in on Sundays because he worked his ass off, and Lonnie went off to the uh, off to the gospel shop. Um, Cynthia, the note saying, you're welcome. It's hard times, money-wise. Don't I know it? Cynthia says, I often have to hold off with donations till I can be sure I meet my own bills. They never stop coming. That's life for most of us. It is. And I, and I don't, I don't know how many programs there are that are run, hosted by actual working people. I don't know. especially in the multimillionaire for-profit media. But I do know that there are those of us who are out here struggling day to day to day, busting our butts. 
And so I thank you all for keeping this program on the air. And I don't if there was some way if there was some magic wand or some way that I could never mention fundraising again, believe you me, and still keep this program on the air, I would. Uh, Darlene, with a note, says, I don't think we're necessarily in disagreement. What bugs me is that old BS trope that women purposefully use or like abortion as a method for birth control because they're either too lazy, too too promiscuous, too poor, or too cheap to use the pill or IUDs, etc. That trope has been used against women for decades. Yes, it has. I got into a big argument with uh, two gay friends of mine, now ex-friends, who accused women of that very thing, and I warned them 30 years ago that if they take away a woman's right to choose, then they and their lifestyle, in quotes, lifestyle. Scrapbooking is a lifestyle. I get it. I, I know why that in quotes, is on the chopping block next. They mocked me and insulted me when I said that. I doubt they remember that conversation on a rainy summer afternoon in my car in the parking lot at Tanglewood in Massachusetts. I remember that conversation well because I was so upset and infuriated with these longtime friends and felt so alone and ganged up on. Now look thing, look at where things are today. I know. And, and it, it, you know, it, it is a fundamental understanding that must be reached, that women's rights are human rights. LGBTQ rights are human rights. Ethnic rights are human rights. Environmental justice is human rights. We're not in... in, in, uh, And that, that was hard to get across a few years back. We finally succeeded. There's no point in saving a planet that people aren't alive on. It's the old tree falls in the forest argument. But we must understand that we are all involved in this struggle together to one degree or another against a power structure that is happily ensconced in their power and and desperate to maintain it because they, it's not true, but they see it as a zero-sum game in which if anybody else prospers or does well or has rights, that somehow the rights of the others are diminished or eradicated. I mean, I got a headline here, and it it's just so dumb that I clicked on it just to just to make my brain scream. It comes from a publication with which I am not at all familiar and I think glad. I don't know. Um, The headline simply reads, Conservatives upset that diversity does not include white people. And the tenor of it, as far as I can tell, is actually to critique that idiotic notion and cite some some shits from over on Shitter. Diversity is literally just racism against white people. If they really cared about equality, they'd be complaining that the NBA is 90% black and try to get that down to 15%. It always goes to basketball, doesn't it? Or, 
Uh, diversity is just code for white erasure. Most of their terms mean that in some way. I'm sick of all the games, but at least it's waking otherwise apolitical people up to the evil going on. Oh, God. My employer replaced all the men with women at one site just to make a performative virtue signal for diversity and inclusion. All the Karen girl bosses said it was a great start but more needed to be done. Male employees' concerns were dismissed as not worthy of a response. And once again, we see that the Venn diagram overlaps between the Manosphere assholes and the racist assholes and the conservative assholes and the Nazi assholes, and the white Christian nationalist assholes, and the white supremacist assholes, and the Klansmen assholes, and it's just a circle. Reject diversity, embrace Christian nationality. And, you know, that's where the whole uh, critical race theory uh, conniption came from. Plain and simple, white fragility. That's it. What do they not understand? Everything. Uh, Emilio pointing out, diversity is just code for getting rid of all Nazis and crossburners. Wake up, sheeple! Oh, and by the way, David in South Carolina stand pointed out something. Jill Stein Putina. Jill Stein Putina announced her presidential run on the Green Party ticket. Everybody, all together. One, two, three. Fuck Jill Stein. Ah. What a twit. Of course, it'll be a good dollar for Jill Stein. It's always a good dollar for Jill Stein. You think Pooty will invite her over to dinner again? And Stephen New York with a challenge, the $17.50 challenge. That team up north stole signs at 35 games, so I'm offering a $17.50 challenge. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, yeah, we got any... Got any Ohio State fans out there uh, that would like to match 1750? That'd get us down to uh, 1105 for fundraising. Thank you, Steve. Uh, let's run over. Uh, let's run over to Skype and see who we've got. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, baby. Hey, Tracy. How you doing? Oh, among the living. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel you on that, sis. It's, it's, it's becoming increasingly harder to say that and not just start break, not break down in tears. <laughs> just, I am. It's hard. It's, it's getting harder every day. Just listening to. The bullshit. I didn't even bother watching the clown show uh, yesterday with the debate, but I was. He did get. I was elated about 
the outcomes of some of the elections on Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, and especially in Kentucky with the governor. And yeah, because you just really want you 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 really you really wanted that uh, those those uh, sweet bitter maggot tears from Daniel Cameron, didn't you? Yes, and you know because. You know, Breonna Taylor's um, shooting was justified, according to NASA. I mean, according to the punch, punch, punch monkey. I mean, uh, the former. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Um, you know, and it, it just made my heart proud because I, like, I was, I, was, I think it was you were only speaking, you know, briefly the other day, and in all honesty, I had totally forgotten about. Daniel Cameron, because, you know, he hasn't been in the news at all, basically, since, really, since he claimed that Breonna Taylor's murder was justified, and he kind of went away. That sleeping woman needed killing. Right, you know, how dare she, you know, sleeping while black. (laughs) You know, how, you know, how, she was up, she was up and he grabbing, because, you know, black women, we're not allowed to sleep in our own beds. Minding our own business, um, you know stuff like that's that. Woke. That's woke. That's woke. That's that's some woke shit, bitch. You know, it's like how dare you think that you should be entitled, you know, to have the the right to to um, be safe in your own home, and um, the whole no knock warrant thing. Did that ever? Did they get? Did they? Did they at least? I, I do remember that there was legislation up to get rid of no-knock warrants. That passed um, in Kentucky, or it, not on not on a federal level, certainly not. No, 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 no. That's what no, no. Oh God, no! Not on a federal level. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Didn't we just get finally get the anti-lynching law? What? Uh, I know, I know. Ago? Tracy's mama didn't raise no dummy. Come on. <laughs> They're like, look, first they say you got a black president, so, you know, racism is over so we can, you know, decimate the Voting Rights Act, and we finally gave you Negroes the anti-lynching law, so what, come on. Don't be greedy. Anyway, I just said when I heard that he lost, and a resounding loss of that, that it was Brianna, the spirit of Brianna Taylor bitch slapping him, or better yet, punching him in the throat. I don't know what's worse. A throat punch? I think a throat punch would be worse than a bitch slap. Because if somebody punches you in your throat, you can't breathe. You can possibly lose consciousness, right? Yeah, absolutely. And no, I'm not condoning violence. No, 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 no. So, yeah. You know, but a throat punch. That's what it was. It was definitely a throat punch. And that uh, Ohio with the abortion rights bill um, in the the Constitution, see, and then uh, the Virginia legislature is now uh, that the the, the Democrats, which did they take, did they... They kept the Senate and took over the legislature, or was it the other way around? No, Virginia has both the House and the Senate now. That's what I said. That's what I know. Yeah, so, yay. And I know Mississippi got it wrong, but then again, we Mississippi is a state 
where this, you know, because of the Voting Rights, you know, Act being, you know, fucked with, you know, they still have the gerrymandering and the whole, you know, voter suppression thing going on. So, because you got to, it stands to reason that if that shit wasn't still going on in Mississippi, they might not have reelected the, the person that's the governor now. So, I, I am seeing those rays of hope and um, stuff like that there. But then again, then it's the whole, you know, um, inflation and oh, and the writer strike. I mean, not the writer strike. The actor strike is over. Yay! Yes. Huzzah! 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 Huzzah. So there is, you know, there is some, you know, light at the end of the tunnel things happening. So I'm, you know, that part. I get it. I do. And plus, and most importantly, baby Luna. Oh, yes. You know, the things that we have to, we have to learn in this community, the, the things that we can hold on to that are precious and beautiful and take those small wins. Baby Luna is a huge win, but it is because we're about, we are we are suffering as a community from battle fatigue. No I think lie, that's no fair. Joke. Yes, you know, and mixed with some PTSD, you know. So it's 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 a lot, and we have to start focusing on the good, like. I've been actually, because I told you about my friend, he's not going into hospice. My friend Caesar, that they thought he was not going to leave the hospital alive, he's no longer going into hospice. And as a matter of fact, he was going to be admitted to this high-end, super expensive uh, um, inpatient medical rehab in Century City. And he'll be able to have his dialysis there and all this sort of stuff. And I helped his family with that information and getting the financial aid and all that sort of stuff because, you know, I am the resource queen when I, you know. And so I gave them, I helped them, helped them get his Social Security expedited. I told them to, because fortunately, we live in California, and most of our Congress people are Democrats. And so I had her write her congressperson, their congressperson for Kavina, and the very next day she got a phone call from her, from the local office, her, um, his daughter, because she's the one that's handling all that stuff. And so they're, they're expediting his Social Security. Well, they're trying to decide which is going to be, because he's 65, so he's eligible for Social Security, but I said it would probably be better for him to do SSDI, at this point, and then once he, you know, so he doesn't lose money, it's because, you know, they fucked us and we have to wait until we're 70 to get Social Security to the full amount. So I said, it's, see if they can get us his SSDI so that way when he turns 70 or, when, or thereafter, he will be able to get 
um, his full amount for his Social Security. Wonderful. And then also I told her because um, I was talking to a friend and they were um, about because he owns his home and he was because he's eligible for Medicare because of the severity of his disability at this point. Not Medicare, Medi-Cal, Medi-Medi. And so, um, but they were concerned with whether or not they would, you know, have to do something with the home because, you know, it's, it's, it's a quagmire. And I was talking to a friend who lives in California who said that they own their home and they're on Medi-Medi as well and there is a way to do it. So then that's when I told her to contact our her state representative because, you know, Medi-Cal is, um, you know, a, a California thing and say, you know, explain it out, uh, what's happening, and go from there. So he can get everything that he deserves. So, that part. That's, so, that's fantastic again, it, news. You know, it's just, this, this, this you, know, you know, my the number of people that I count as friends are very few and far between. And so I when and I've never had a friend that I really loved and care about get this sick like this. This is this is this is not something I've ever had in my life really. I've, you know, I've dealt with relatives being sick and you know dying and stuff, but I've never had a friend this sick. So it's it's been a, a rough last because he's been in the hospital basically for three weeks now. And at one point, they didn't, they did not think that he was going to leave the hospital alive. So I'm just really glad to know that he's. I mean, he will never be able to go back to work, and he will not be the same person that he was before he got sick. But he will be here, and he won't. Be, and it won't be one of these. He's on tubes and suffering. Right. No, he will have some quality of life. That's so, the, that's yeah, that's I, the best possible news you could have had. Yeah. So I'm 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 very happy, and I'm just so like I said, it's those things, you know, when you find the hope, and and you know, because I'm not one for hope, but. Um, to know that he's gonna that he's gonna be with us for a little a while longer is is makes me very happy. I know I know how important so, he, I know how important he is to you. So I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. So so you're 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 Senator Mr. Manchin. Why come he why come he ain't gonna run for re-election there, Robin? <laughs> <laughs> what? What I said? Well, you know, is there is, does he smell an investigation looming? No, 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 no. it's not that. Does, he just he, he just he just he just knows his coal baron ass is going to get beat by another coal baron. Ah, so he's not going to waste that money that he stole. I mean, that he okay. Yeah. There you go. So who, Oh, she can be taught. <laughs> so who do you think is going to replace him 
Oh, God. So you think it's going to be a well, I mean, obvious, be Obviously, the smart money. Uh, Zach Shrewsbury had already signed on to primary, Joe. And okay. Zach is a young man, a veteran, a Marine, super smart, super uh, super committed, good progressive creds. Uh, I think, have a chance to, I be, think, to win in West Virginia. I think Joe's absence... Uh, will entice some other upper echelon Democrats to maybe get in the race. But the sad fact of the matter is it's it's make West Virginia great big old Governor Jim Justice and baby dogs race to lose. Because he's a billionaire. Right. And he's got that... Oh, shucks, folksy Mr. Haney charm about him. Now, Mr. Douglas, we'll get you a phone on the ground just any old day now, but for now, from for the time being, you're just going to have to climb that pole to use the phone. <laughs> oh, and let me, tell you, let, me, let, let, me, let me take a moment to send some thanks out. Thank you very kindly to uh, uh, to Barbara who jumped in and uh, whether she meant to or not uh, matched uh, Stephen New York's TTUN challenge so that got us down what was the TTUN challenge that team up north Uh, it's a football thing it's Uh, a football thing okay as soon as you said football I lost interest right I I, I knew that would happen Uh, so that got met and we got down to 1090 and then uh, I heard from Jude Thank you, Jude, who got Thank us you. down who got us down to 1070, and sent me the loveliest picture of sunrise up in Washington. I presume that I'm uh, what what mountain is that? Uh, I'm assuming maybe Rainier? maybe yeah, I'm guessing Mount Rainier. Um, look at me knowing geography and shit. Look at you. Um, <laughs> one uh, the the donation I sent is a reminder of how we, as the Horn community, are aligned. Our individual walk is lighted when one opens to voicing where they are, shifts the ground to a reality of standing on this exact same path that we share. Is it from a distance? I view this as a profound closeness of being. What is important remains invisible to the eye. That's a quote. Ah, but the heart and soul beats and permeates on, sending out life's oxygen to these vessels of ours. We are life preservers for each other, assisting in keeping each other afloat. And that's beautiful. Thank you, Jude. Thank you so much. And so we're down to uh, 1070. Um, 170 bucks in this past Monday will be fully funded. We're ba- we, 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 we finished funding... For last Friday, yesterday. So mm-hmm. thanks everybody who's gotten us to 1070. I wanted to uh, wanted to mention something since you were talking about, you know, Daniel Cameron taking a pasting in Kentucky. There were a lot of these. There, <laughs> go ahead, uh, it, savor the moment. <laughs> I'm it, savoring this moment. Okay, you you you. Bob's good boy. You you got came perilously close to trying to get me in trouble again, which you do very well. What did I do? Uh, yeah, don't don't give me that innocent thing. 
would so would Attorney General Ruckus be inappropriate? No. Does that work too? It does because see here, you know, and I think I I was talking to my brother because I think I told you about the the show on Hulu called The Other Black Girl, uh-huh. or better yet, uh-huh. the autobiography of Candace Owens. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were talking about you know these conversations that because I'm going to let you guys in on it. You know, black people are politically aware, and and so. And a lot of the conversations that we have amongst us ourselves are about people like, you know, Daniel Cameron and Candace Owens and stuff like that. Or a lot of times we just say those who should not be named, but we know who we are referring to. But I pointed out to my brother, and I think I've said this to you, and when I said it, he's like, oh, damn, sis, that's that's so real. That, you know, you do not have to be... Um, just listen. You don't have to be a man to be a misogynist, and you don't have to be white to be a white supremacist. Truth in both forms. I mean, look at the look, look at the look at the number of. I mean, look at the self-hating women out there. You know, I had a clip from Kayli Maganini, former professional liar for for Nitwit Nero, and now a professional liar for Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, and she's a classic case in point. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I wanted to bring up uh, is uh, out of these elections, uh, there were some stompings. And these were fun stompings. I love me a good stomping, sis. So uh, they've been very noisy and very awful. I could ditch the varies. They're horrid. Oh, by the way, yes, it is Mount Rainier from uh, Jude's front yard at 7.05 this morning. It's beautiful. Such a sky. I got it right. Look at you. So, uh, the, well, we call them the brown skirts. The Moms for Liberty. Well, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Moms for Liberty chapters across Iowa endorsed 13 mm. candidates in the 2023 school board races. Only yeah, one only, yeah, only one out of 13 won in the 135 school district races. It was a rural district with fewer than 1,000 students. Um, two, uh, two brown skirts got absolutely pasted in Madeira, Ohio. Um... Up in Pennsylvania, in Bucks County, uh, an individual said, uh, Democracy Marker met a group of wonderful parents in the Penridge School District in Bucks County, PA, who were aghast at what the Moms for Liberty School Board was doing. They asked us if we would write postcards for the non-M4L candidates. We did. Those candidates won. In South Carolina, Stan Tracy... Of eight Moms for Liberty uh, creatures on the ballot, only two won a council seat Tuesday in the Charleston, South Carolina area. Uh, two Moms for Liberty school board candidates lost in Albuquerque, even though they were endorsed by the Albuquerque Journal. One of them got 
just thoroughly destroyed in a landslide. Uh, uh, one woman named Scarlett Johnson, not Scarlett Johansson, uh, for her. had been behind a hostile takeover of the Mequon Thienesville School Board in Wisconsin in 2021 and 22. She got waxed, and she had formerly posted a meme of a uh, sloth. You know, they're adorable. They are. But this sloth is laying on a bed, yawning with its mouth wide open. And Scarlett Johnson said, yeah, uh, uh, this yawning sloth, yeah, the threat of white supremacy keeps me up at night. She got hammered. Um <laughs> Eight out of nine lost in Stark County somewhere, I don't know. Uh, another one was cra- uh, was crushed in Beaver Creek, Consolidated School District. Johnson County, Kansas, uh, destroyed every Moms for Liberty candidate who was associated uh, with that uh, group of Brown skirts in Shawnee Mission, Olathe, and Blue Valley, Kansas. Uh, in Westerville and the suburbs of Columbus, uh, uh, another Moms for Liberty creep got whacked. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on. Ohio, Pennsylvania, Kansas. And even even in Idaho, uh, the only... I don't know, Alaska. Uh, The one and only brown skirt running for city council in in the entire state of Idaho... Uh, got beat. The at most Nazi, at least Nazi adjacent mayoral candidate in Franklin, Tennessee, um, was buried in a landslide. On and on and on. It was just, I mean, it was it, it wasn't a fair fight. And, uh, in, People are tired of this. In Virginia, Danica Rome became the first uh, trans woman in Virginia history to get a seat in the Virginia Senate. And best of all, oh. best of all, you know, we 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 piss and moan about the youngins, and maybe it's time we stop that. Because in places like Virginia and Ohio and Texas, Gen Z students stood in lines that stretched, in one case in at the University of Texas, in Austin, all the way around the building. And they stood in line and they stayed in line and made a huge difference. Uh, Aaron Reed noting... I'm sorry, no, um, the publication Into, noting, Gen Z isn't going to stand by and let their basic human rights be taken away. 
and the turnout may have, may have helped advance more progressive measures and candidates in key states. And this is something that our friend uh, Allie was talking about a month or so back. By next year, there will be over 8 million Gen Zs eligible to vote. And that may be a significant portion of a blue wave. It's too early to start talking about wow. blue waves. but How many did you say, baby? How many? Did eight, you, eight, eight, million eight, 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 mi- eight million. Eight million. Eight million. Um, and uh, anti-trans legislation got beat. This is two. This is two uh, election cycles now where they've run hard on their hate, and in which voters have gone out and said, "Fuck off." Fuck you. And beaten them. So there's, you know, there's there's a lot of hope there. A yeah. lot of hope indeed. So this. So I guess this. this did you hear about this poll that they? I guess they published in the New York Times. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, That was that 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 uh, it that was for the benefit of the for-profit media. That was just clickbait. Yeah, it was so it was so such clickbait. And see, this is the beautiful thing about how you know Horn, the Horn Family Congregation. We used to be educated, you know. Uh, oh, as a matter of fact, this is something that I talked. So I was invited to do a panel at my at, at my alma mater, Cal State University Northridge. <laughs> and since because you and have an alma mater was, now, yeah, but yes. <laughs> so it was about you know whatever you know because I was the newest graduate in on the panel, and um, we just talked about. And it was for, you know, as Africana studies majors or minors. And we were just talking about what it's like to be, you know, in this world and how important Africana studies are. And, um, but one of the things that I talked about, um, that, you know, what did you, some of the things that you got from um, being an Africana studies major, I said, because, and why I said because it was beautiful to go to school. first of all to be an Africana studies major and to have a sense of, that I knew I was safe in academia because I've been going to school off and on since I graduated from high school in 1984 and to know that I could be unapologetically black in school and now it, I'm already unapologetically black and I would have been unapologetically black um, in any major I would have chosen, other than, even if it wasn't Africana studies, but that comes from being, you know, old enough or black enough not to get a fuck it, give a fuck anymore. But I said, twenty-something-year-old Tracy or nineteen, you know, freshman Tracy, you know, graduated from high school in 1984, would have been terrified to be who I am now. But had Tracy, you know, had I been a freshman in Africana studies, stupid motherfucker. Sorry. Not you. <laughs> That's I, I, um, I'm, I, yeah. And so, had I had the opportunity to be who you know, I would have been able to be safe. And another thing I said: don't qu- question what you read. Don't just just because your professor says it, just because the book says it. Do your own research. I said one of the things that I 
became stronger at as a uh, as a Africana studies major was my critical thinking skills. I mean, you know, I already have my chops, but to view the world as an educated black person and see how the world fits, how I fit in the world that that's, that is not made for me. And to know what it's, you know, to see this, because, like what's happening in different countries, like I, like the article. Did you read that article that I sent you that Michael Harris did? Oh, God, I love that. I shared it on air. Oh, wasn't it amazing? And see, that's the thing that, you know, because we as black people, we have to qualify everything. And we have to, uh, you know, well, not this person, and always you got to break up Chicago. And no, we're not condoning violence. We don't have the things that we have to do that white people don't, by virtue of the fact that they're white. And so to be able to hold your own, and like I think I told you about this when I, I picked up these people, this was right before I graduated last year, and they were saying, you know, just so happens one of them was she was graduating from CSUN as well as a music major. And and I told her, oh, yeah, I'm graduating with my degree in Africana Studies. And the first thing out of their mouth, well, what can you do with a, with a degree in Africana Studies? And said pretty much what that's Anything it, that's I want thing. to. That's what I didn't, but then my, but my retort was, so what do you do? So I should ask you the same question. What do you plan? What can you do as a music major? You want fries with that? Mm-hmm. So because people are under the misconception, like you said, I could, and that's what I always my response would always be: anything I want to. I'm a college graduate. Not many people. How many people do you know when they graduated from college? Um, were fortunate enough to do whatever their major was. Not a lot of people, especially nowadays. So, like you said, I could do whatever I wanted to. Even if I choose to sit on my black, happy black ass and eat bonbons and watch the stories all day because that's what welfare queen, you know, that's what we do as black women. Well, and, but, and, and eat Alaskan king crab legs. We were talking about Louis oh yeah, Paragus Tomer last young. night. You know? So even if I want to do all of that, that's a matter. I'm a fucking college graduate who graduated with honors, bitch. Bring it. That part. It's just the, you know. So I love my fa- our family because we can think outside of the box. We don't fall for the okie doke, like the whole clickbait with the um, with the that poll. And I love it and because of who I am and, like, I took statistics. I love numbers, even though I, math is not my thing, but I love data. And I love, you know, because um, numbers don't lie. And, you know, when people say that this, this country isn't racist, I say, well, literally this black man, I mean Batman, how is it that black people make up less than 13% of the populations in the entirety of the United States, and yet we pretty much make up more than 50% of the prison population? Those numbers don't match. And, you know, and when I talk about, you know, um, infant mortality rates, you know, and stuff like that, and I, st- I don't, I don't, I, I come with numbers. 
and I and so when people say stuff isn't racist or things aren't biased, and I'm like, so why are these numbers like this when we let make up less than this population? Why are our numbers higher when it comes to things that are you know deficient or causing death or stuff like that? Why are our numbers higher than the majority of the people who live here? So it's that part. But I have to say, the, the beginning of my critical thinking journey was because of the because of listening to yourself and to call out to question, you know, polls. Because whenever I hear a poll, and when especially when they seem skewed, the first thing I say is in my head or yell, "Who were you polling?" Because they don't usually say that. Yeah, well, you know, they don't. Uh, and and why why are you polling now? Right. Because all these things just wind up being uh, content to run ads between. Right. 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 It's just I I want I wish more people would think before they react. I had a wonderful conversation a few weeks back when, because we've been having a lot of demonstrations out here between the Palestinians and the Israelis, or Jews rather. And I, I picked up this young Asian man from UCLA, and we were headed west on Wilshire. And um, just before I realized that um, they, the Palestinians were protesting where we were headed. And so I made a quick turn so we wouldn't get stuck in the protest. And the young, you know, and, he's, and we were talking about what's happening in Palestine. And he was so troubled with the fact he's like, I, he's like, why is it that if I say that I am not happy with the Israeli government and what they're doing to the Palestinians, that I'm automatically labeled an anti-Semite. And I said, because that's it's by design. And we did, he's like, because I just, and this was, you know, like you said, a Gen Zer. Hi. He was, he, and he's just like, I don't understand. And I didn't have time to go into the whole, oh, and then we were talking about, you know, the anti-Semitic, uh, you know, how when the state of Israel was first formed and, you know, how, with Europe, you know, leaving Europe and all that. So he's like, do they not understand the basics? And I'm like, they do. It's like, but it's when, when hate is the underlier for people's reactions or actions, there's no reasoning with people. And, and that article that I, speaking of which, that article that I sent you that um, Bernice King basically bitch slapped Amy, Amy Schumer. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And she, it, it, see, I love the subtle bitch slaps, the ones that you don't even realize you're being bitch slapped because Bernice King isn't like her sister Velveeta. And so, if you know, for those of you who don't know, um, basically Amy Schumer did like most people do, um, and used Dr. King's. Um, about saying about that Israel has the right to be a state. 
And Bernice King's like, yeah, Amy. But, you know, because basically she was using that to justify um, the bombings and stuff in um, Palestine. And, and Dr. K- Dr. King, Dr. Bernice King said, okay, yeah, he did say that, but you didn't finish reading, sweetie. And he talked about the military and poverty and how her dad would have definitely called for a ceasefire. She's like, read what he said about the Vietnam War and stuff like that. Because she brought, see, I, this is my favorite thing. She brought receipts. Yes. And so it's like, yes, Dr. King would have been, a, we're all appalled at what about, uh, what Hamas did, has done to, did to, you know, back in October. But we also appalled about what's happening, what has been happening in Palestine for how many years now? Uh, 50, no, uh, let's see, 75, 75. Uh-huh. Well, it's, I'm, 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 I've been largely trying to avoid this because there's no, there's no good answer and people get upset, but. There's no good answer, there isn't. And, and, uh, but you, you, you did open the door to it, and I want to take a minute here, um, just because. I got a note. Um, I got a note earlier today, uh, this morning, in fact, uh, from Matt in San Francisco. Hey, Matt. And subject line just read, "Morning, Joe." And Chris Uh-oh. Matthews was on. And Matt wrote. Chris Matthews has got to be the most inarticulate pundit on MSNBC. The one great thing George W. Bush did pep for, the other, the other, the Iraq War, which was horrible. I mean, really, what the fuck, said Matt. And I, I wrote back and said, oh, my God, he's so vapid. I was thinking the same thing. But then, lo and behold, um, uh, it, you know, even, even, even a blind hog finds an acorn now and then, right? It happened. They had the former Prime Minister Naftali Bennett of Israel on. And he said something. He said, well, we cannot have a ceasefire when when the Allies were beating Germany and Japan. Did they have a ceasefire? And after Naftali Bennett was um, on... They brought Chris Matthews back and dip me in butter and call me popcorn. If he, <laughs> if he didn't, if he didn't say something absolutely profoundly intelligent, he what said, he, he said, he said, comparing Gaza to the Second World War, and I can't, this isn't a quote, but it was profound, is just dumb. And then he explained why. He said, when the Allies beat Germany and Japan, the Germans and the Japanese didn't want to fight us anymore. The war was over. He said, the conflict in Palestine is nothing, nothing like that. Because... Even if Israel succeeds in erasing Hamas from the earth, 
the Palestine, I was, I'd be surprised if he shows back up on MSNBC's air for quite a while, frankly, after this. He said, because even if they erase Hamas from the earth, the Palestinians will still be there. And the Palestinians will still have been mistreated for generations. And they will still be suffering. And they will still not, and they will still not have a state or a home of their own. And I was, uh, oh, Tracy, I was sitting there with my mouth hanging open, catching flies. Were you gobs? Were you gobsmacked there, baby? I, I didn't know he was capable of being that rational. And he talked about how the West Bank is entirely separate from Gaza and how basically they're just two surrounded islands that are basically either Gaza is a concentration camp, an open-air prison camp, and the West Bank is completely occupied, and now Israel's saying they're going to occupy Gaza for a while. I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing it. Israel. Israel. That's how Mika says it. No, not you said three syllables. Mika says it's a two-syllable word. Israel. Israel. I, Israel. Israel. I-Z-R-U-L-L. Israel. 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 No, Israel. no, you still don't have it. Israel. You got. You got. You, you got to get your. You got to get your inner redneck going for Israel. Everything. Israel. Everything else is crisp diction and whatnot, but it, no Israel. So, I'll be damned, you know? I was absolutely what? stunned. So, something uh, I never thought I would be saying, but good on you, Chris Matthews. By, oh, by the way, you got awarded a cowbell a little bit back. Courtesy, <laughs> courtesy of Steve in New York. Subject line, it's a football thing. Followed by Tracy. Once you said it's a football thing, I lost interest. And Steve said, I'd like to award Tracy a cowbell because it made me lol. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be about the whole thing. The geog- Look at me doing geography and shit. Because uh, well, I got a cowbell the other day for, yeah, what is it, uh, Robin uh, the Queen's of Words. Queen, queen of knowing words and, and such shit, yeah. It's, it's shit like that? Yeah, it's shit like that. And that shit. Uh, so we're actually we're actually past uh, off the air time, but I, but since you're here, uh, I want to take one other moment just for one little thing because today is a very very big day for me. Okay. This is one. I file this from under under the my how time flies. Uh, you were one of the people who made a point of checking in on this day two years ago. Has it been two years, sis? To see if I was okay and if I survived. Two years ago today. Wow. I cannot believe... I, can, I cannot believe... And do you, you do know how proud I am of you. And what I, you know, and what little part I played in this and just to make you who you are, who, for you to be able to live your authentic life. 
I, 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 had, I, I, had, I had tears come to my eyes this morning. Now, it's not like this for everybody who's like me, but for me, two years ago today, I became fully and finally a woman. I finally, after decades and decades and decades of repressing and refusing and struggling and dying, became entirely myself. Uh, and, and, and how long? And it's been like it's, it's been a minute since I've called in. It has been. Typically, I'm work. I'm typically working, and I I can what I do. I do listen. But I can't call in because I have passengers. Right. So. And but lo and behold, it, on this I, day of all days, you were free enough to. This day of, of all days, you know, Miss Tracy calls in, and you know, just to say how do you do. Kind of love it when I do my accent. For someone who has lived in Los Angeles all of her life, and even though you know my great grandparents and my great grandparents came here. Um, you know, as part of the Great Migration, uh, I never heard their accents. I think by the time I was born, they had been here long enough that they, I, I, I didn't read the text. That they had been California. That they had been Californicated. They had been, yeah, they had Californicated, and so what I now when I did go to the South. I have this thing. I wouldn't call it mimicking, but I have the tendency. I can't. You pick just up pick. You just pick it. You just pick it up. I just pick it up, and so I think maybe hanging around y'all and you and all that there, and just listening to some of the things that you say. Yeah. So there's a hit like that there. So. That part, but baby, I am I am honored. I, it is a privilege and an honor to have been able to call in on this day because I know it's, I'm 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 almost at a loss for words, and you know that how hard that is that I can't think of anything to say. So on that note, God, happy happy true birthday. Thank you. Happy happy. I started, I started out in Aquarius, and then I picked up a little uh, Scorpio on the side. Mm-hmm. Little Scorpio, little Scorpio on the side. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with having a little piece on the side now and then. And by a little piece on the side now and then, I'm talking cake. Yes, I understand. <laughs> anyway, I love you more than I love my luggage. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot because I love my. I really love my luggage. <laughs> I know. I remember the Panama trip. Yes, 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 yes. But anyway, baby, I love you. You enjoy the rest of your day. And kisses to sweet baby Luna and everything. And enjoy your day. And make it everything everything that you want and expect. Make it that make it so today. Go get you have you a drink. Have you something Special that you won't. I have, disco- I is, have discovered. I have discovered an ice cream. Not crazy uh-oh. about the brand name, but it's very good, and it and you can eat the whole damn pint, and it has one net gram of carbs. What the fuck ice cream is this? Apparently, it comes from Utah, and it's called Rebel. Nope, 
We don't have it here. And, the, and oh, I'm a hell of a lot further from Utah than you are. I'm only able, but I'm only I'm only able to get it get it at Wally World. But the triple the triple chocolate is amazing. The vanilla Ooh. is almost as good as Bluebell. The strawberry is like oh. tucking into is like tucking into a pint of strawberries and cream. And so I'm celebrating tonight because I've got a little pint of a little pint of Rebel in the freezer, and I'm going to dig into it with a will. Well, by the way, avoid and, uh, and horn listeners do like ice cream and like Baskin Robbins. Avoid like how you say avoid people like the plague. Uh-huh. Because, you know, at the end of your show, avoid this shit like the plague. I am so mad at Baskin Robbins. So at, earlier in October, they came out with. A um, pumpkin pie, a pumpkin cheesecake ice cream. That was just amazing. Miss it me. had like a, a, and so then they only had they only sent one tub to my like local um, Baskin Robbins, and then they replaced it. Are you ready, sis? With some turkey. There's something called turkey fixings. Fixings. What? And the ice cream. Are you ready? It has like cranberry sauce. It has like a uh, uh, kind of like a uh, sweet potato pie kind of thing. Oh, and who are the Karens who are buying this? And golden, what is it? Honey cornbread chunks. You are lying to I me. Mean, I was born at night, not last night. Now you just stop that. Bitch, I am not lying. I swear to Jesus. Even, this is how bad it is, sis. So they brought that out like a couple of weeks ago. I have I have since become friends with the with the manager at the Baskin Robbins in my neighborhood because we love talking about white people. Even the white. So she brought that out a couple of weeks ago. It's the same tub. There's only have been two scoops. It is the most vile, horrendous thing I have ever, 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 ever. Wait, ever you, had. you, 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 you even. Deigned to put that in your mouth? Well, she was. This is okay. Let me let me let me let me put what, this in context. What what what, what is wrong with you? Listen, 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 Linda, listen, listen, Linda, listen, listen, Linda. So she was. She scooped out the part that tasted somewhat like the pumpkin pie ice cream, but it still some got into with the cornbread. Oh, Robin, sis, she said this. She's like, even white people hate it. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. <laughs> so so now, it turns in, now it turns into a detective mystery to find the idiot in the test kitchen. Right. I mean, oh, I, I, know there, I, mean I know there are some exotic ice creams out there. I mean, uh, I've, lo- I've long heard about how exquisite, you know, because Iranians love their ice cream. And I remember 20 years ago seeing a, thing on the Food Network about Iranian rosewater ice cream. Yes. And I'm like, I think I could be down with that. Well, have you ever had lavender ice cream? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, green mm-hmm. tea ice cream at the sushi place, you know. Right, right, right. So, and I live in L.A., so, but so she said one year, uh, not this past Halloween, but like maybe two Halloweens ago, they did this boo something Oh, speaking of no, sp- speaking of which, gotta interrupt. 
we're in bonus we're we're in bonus bonus broadcasting now, y'all, because we're doing food porn. Ooh. So oh boy. Oh boy. for Halloween, okay, I get so bored with so many zero sugar beverages. Mostly I drink water, but every now and then I like a glass of pop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, caffeine, and it's got to be caffeine-free too, so caffeine-free uh, Coke Zero. Oh, only you, Brother Deacon. Uh, Brother Deacon Ace had just chimed in. You gotta hear this. Call me a weirdo. That turkey fixin's ice cream sounds adventurous. I'd take a card in that game. No, no, actually, Asa, I would expect that of you, and that's not in a negative way. But you are culin- you are culinarily adventurous. Well, but do me a favor before you take the whole pint, boo boo. Get the sample. Just do me that. <laughs> Before you take the whole pint, boo boo. <laughs> hey, boo boo boy. Um, hey, boo boo boo. <laughs> oh, Yogi, now I'm all sticky. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I have a hard time. You know, I, I just you know, I, I drink Coke Zero Sugar Zero Caffeine. I wish I wish I could get Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Zero Caffeine because I just like the taste. They don't they don't have it at your ne- in your neck of the woods. No, no, no. Uh, and 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 so they replaced my Fanta Zero Sugar Orange, which had no caffeine, which I liked, and it's really good orange pop. No, it is good orange pop, and I've had it. And, and I don't like, I do not like zero sugar shit. And and it was good. It. It, and, and, and like Sunkissed, you know, screw those people. Who puts caffeine in kids' orange pop? Somebody tell me. The hell's are... Wait a minute. What? Sunkissed orange has caffeine what? in it. What the fuck? So does Bark's root it, beer. It, it, who, puts root, who puts caffeine in root beer and orange pop? Honestly. But anyway... So for Halloween, the geniuses at Fanta and the Coke distribution truck driver replaced my Fanta Zero Sugar Orange. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. With some sort of godforsaken dark purple. I was like, oh, Zero Sugar Grape? Yeah, I'll buy one. I'll, I'll buy one. Oh, I love it. Because, you know, everybody knows that I love Grapeco, Diet Grapeco from down south. Can't get that here either. You're, you're, uh, you're a great soda host. So, I am. So, I brought it home, and I opened it up, and I tied into it. And Tracy, it wasn't grape. What the fuck was it? It was like a sickly, sweet, dark, raspberry cotton candy. Oh, God. I, my, my sugar numbers just went up just listening to oh, you. I mean, it was zero sugar, but oh, this is disgusting. And you were supposed to guess the flavor. That is not what pop oh, exists for in my on. world, to guess at flavors. And I didn't buy you know, one. You know, no, no, the, the reason I laughed when you said don't buy the whole pint, try the taste first, is because dumb girl... Because, you know, buy you you know, buy one for 89 cents, buy two for a dollar. So I bought two. The other one is still here. 
will probably stay there. It was awful. Or you awful. could give it to the Jehovah Witnesses if they at least, you said, hey, y'all, you need something. Or the, what? The Mormons. Yeah. Hey, no caffeine. Not hot. No caffeine. Or you can give it to, you know. Oh, but it was so bad. And, and, and okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I've been fairly decent to dinner in the, in three out of four time zones. Or, yeah, three uh-huh. out of four. Yeah, because it's still, this is, I, it's this still is, early enough this is, not dinner. This is really TMI. But we're all grown-ups here, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, y'all. y'all. I, I do not understand why. But if you drink purple stuff, oh God. let's just say that your digestive tract will turn it neon forest green. For like two or three days. No! No! So, you know, you're reaching for the lever going, ho, 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 green giant flush. Oh! (laughs) Oh! I don't understand the chemistry. But that horrible, horrible zero... That's in our family, right? What? We have scientists in in our community, yeah? Oh, we do, yes. Okay, then they need to, hopefully, some, they can explain some shit. Because, explain some shit. <laughs> Didn't need you to go there. I was trying not to use the brown word, or in this case, the well, green I mean, one. I, mean, I did not mean to say that, but as soon as I said it, I oh, well. No, you, mi- you missed it, though. I said I did not mean to use the brown word, or in this case, the green one. It, it, Oh, the, the people who are still listening are. Just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, palms to head in this. Like, oh my oh, god! Oh no, no, no! Yeah. Oh, now, out, no, out in the Pacific Standard Time Zone, people are just walking. You know, maybe you got, maybe you got it on in 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 the kitchen or whatever, and just well, fuck that. You know, maybe I'll be okay by breakfast. I'm not gonna be eating that tonight, especially. That's okay. Cleanse your palate. That's okay. Go to Baskin Robbins and cleanse your palate with some Thanksgiving turkey and fixin's Thanksgiving ice cream. Jesus God. Hey, make a float with that god awful Fanta. Yes. No. They eat. Wait a minute. No, they even have. So I don't know if this is new for Baskin Robbins. They're going all out this year for Thanksgiving. Um, they even have a turkey cake. It better not taste like the turkey. It better not taste like turkey and dressing. No, 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 no. So, uh, uh, basically, what you do is, I guess, you can't, because I'm about to send you a picture of this thing, if you'll let me. But so basically, what you'll do is you is because it's just the outside of the cake, and you can get it filled with whatever flavor ice cream you want. And so I'm sending it to you right now. No, it's and got a cavity. So that, yeah. So and so yeah uh, yeah. Here it is. Oh Baskin Robbins is Thanksgiving size main dish energy with new flavor of the month Turkey Day fixes. And brings back the iconic turkey cake. <sighs> so yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We have, we have done, we, you really hate your own time zone, don't you? Well, you know, uh, and see, how you gonna fuck up ice cream, sis? They it's found just, a way. It's just, yeah, turkey flavor, perfectly, perfectly paired with the return of the show-stopping turkey cake. This limit, these limited time offerings are sure to make you talk, the talk of the table. Yeah, the talk of the table will be, bitch, what the fuck? I'm looking at the ice cream right now, and I haven't seen anything like that since I quit dropping acid. <laughs> All month long, and the, the way they're talking it up, all month long, sink your spoon into a side dish bliss with turkey day fixings. Surprising combination of sweet potato and auto spice ice cream mixed with honey cornbread pieces and swirls of ocean spray cranberry, cranberry sauce. Hold on. What do you want? And, and, and there's, cam- there's camouflage ice cream for Veterans Day? Yeah. Wow, it's a good thing we don't. It's a good thing we don't have a lot of Baskin Robbins around here because they couldn't keep that shit. That's a, that's a, a, camo is the official state color, right? It's kind of like the way my favorite color just, is plaid, right? I, said, I just how I told you about the ghost pepper. It was so hot, ice it was blue pepper or something that when people did a tasting of it. They had to get something else to cool down their tongues, and this was just a sample. Because, you know, we go to ice cream places now that we're, you know, not out of COVID, but it's just like, you know, having this a yearly thing. So now they're, because, you know, during COVID, they didn't give out samples. No. But pissed me the fuck off. I'm like, God, yeah, nothing nice. But now they're starting to give out samples again. And so, yeah. They yeah, see, my 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 idea pepper. of being bougie with ice cream is to like go. Uh, there's a place in Charleston called Ellen's, and they make wonderful ice cream, and they carry it over at Tamarack, and uh, it's a uh, uh, it is a bourbon creme brulee ice cream. <gasps> it's no. Oh, it's good. It's real good. Oh, see, this is. Yeah, you know, the, I like to push. You know, I am. A, I'm not as adventurous, maybe, as Brother Deacon Asa, but I like to push the envelope it now and then. And I live in L.A., so it's very easy to do. So there's, you know, as many di- as many different cuisines here as there are dialects. And so I like to do. I I like to try different things. That and so we have. Um, I forget the name of the ice cream place. Uh, Jenny's, I think. And um, I was never next to a brick-and-mortar store, but one day I happened to be by one. Well, I kept driving by it, but it was in Venice, and there was it's one of those top places where there's just no street parking. And so this is how I try new places that I want to try. If, in fact, when I'm driving down that particular street and if there's somewhere for me to park within a reasonable distance, then I will stop. And so it just so happens that, this past summer, there, there was, and so, and I, and the girl behind the counter was just the sweetest thing, and so she let me taste everything. Robin, they had a everything bagel flavor. That's great, great. 
it was cray cray, and even she, and she was another young. She was. I mean, and everything sister. bagel includes like, onions. I love onions, not in my ice cream. No. Oh, don't forget garlic, sis. Well, yes, but garlic can be delicious. Garlic can be, de- and actually, if it hadn't been for the fucking onions, <laughs> fucking onions, and, fucking onions, like fucking raisins. Lay off. <laughs> Fucking raisins. How do you fuck up a perfectly good oatmeal cookie? How do you make one without them? Now, you just stop that. Uh, and by the way, uh, 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 words of high praise and approval coming from Brother Deacon Asa. Tracy's in goddamn food mecca. Yes, she is. I am. I am. I mean, I am incredibly blessed. One of our very, one of our very first conversations was about the food truck shrimp tacos. Yes! Oh my God! And I was just over there a couple of a couple of months back. I I wound up somehow in East LA, and so there's, there's certain places where if I wind up, I will stop and I will take. I've actually. <laughs> I was on my way somewhere, and I had a passenger, and I was talking, you know, telling them about the food truck. We stopped so they could t- they can taste the, the, the deep fried shrimp tacos. Okay, so I got to share one. I'm going to share one more thing with you, and then we're out of here. Okay. Okay. Since, okay, since okay. we've since we've done gross food things, I'm I'm sensing a little bit of uh, ethnic bias in this story. I love how I love how with I love how with TikTok culture, you've got these uh, like alphas and Zs, and I'm not gooning, not gooning, but they discover something that happened 20 years ago, or 15 yeah. years ago, and it's new to them, so it's new to the world. It's new to the world because they just they just found it out, found out about it. So some uh, this thing went big on TikTok. Of uh, it was the story of a, a, a twenty-year-old Belgian student who died in two thousand eight because this individual ate spaghetti with tomato sauce that he had made five days before and just left sitting out. Ah. Oh. And got just violently ill and died. Jesus. Uh, like within a day. So the story, and, and so the story is about a bacterium called Bacillus cereus, C E R E U S, cereal, you know, grain. It's a bacteria that <laughs> can live on grain, and it li- it, it it can actually live at higher temperatures than most bacteria. So it, it, it was on, on the noodles? Uh-huh. Because he left it sitting out for five days. Y'all? Okay, 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 young TikTokers. No, there was no refrigerator. Just left it sitting out and then ate no, it no, five no. days. No, no, no. You know, that's what I'm saying. We have refrigeration, baby. Oh, no. And uh, so, you know... Um, Sweet young alphas and zens, zeds, zs, 
Dad. Please, please, please don't eat the spaghetti that you've left out for five days or four or three. Wait. Put the cold cold leftovers in the fridge, baby baby doll. And here's where the ethnic bias comes in. So this person died from eating poisoned spaghetti. Would you care to know what they call it? I'm sorry, what? Okay. Yeah, there went Tracy. I'll have to tell her later. So they call it fried rice syndrome. And a story about a kid dying from eating... Contaminated spaghetti. Fried rice syndrome. I'll be a while sorting that out. Hey, thank you, Cynthia. Cynthia uh, said, uh, happy birthday. Mine's on February 5th. Yes, great days. And a smile. Great indeed. Thanks, sis. So that's it. A little extra broadcasting this evening for this Thorn in the Side Thursday. Thanks to all our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Gosh, we need subscribers. We do so badly need subscribers. Um, if you're new to the program and you, you you sign up with PayPal or Patreon for 10 bucks a month, you're out less than half a stick of the price of half a stick of chewing gum per program. Maybe consider it, please. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to everybody answering the challenges this evening. We will be at 1370 tomorrow. Um, we're $170 away for, from fully funded for Monday. And the lupine pest is on the porch. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Um uh, yes, Roger, I, I was thinking about you when I saw the story. Do let's talk about it on the front porch tomorrow. Bacillus serious, fried rice syndrome. Um, thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. God alone knows what I did to your dinner hour this just now. Remember, like and subscribe to the podcast if you listen to the podcast. Please, thank you. Leave a comment for the lonely algorithms. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Don't eat the pasta that got left out for five days. Great. Yeah, please. But y'all know that. Um, get your booster. Get your RSV vaccine. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask if you're around larger groups larger than five, especially if they're maggots. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Keep it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance. It'll get more and more difficult during the holiday season and with cold weather coming on. 
and uh, well, if someone comes towards you with a Tupperware container of five-day-old spaghetti, avoid them like the plague, because they are. And always, always, always. Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.